Take me to my happy place where the rain don't pour. I don't wanna feel this in my brain no more. Every day gets harder than the day before. But still, I keep on smiling till my face gets sore. Stereo. I usually listen through AirPods. Um, and the volume, it's not too loud. It's not too soft. I want good feedback. You gave me really, and what I want to say, mm-hmm. you gave me really good feedback the last time we were in the sauna. Yeah, which one? And was I that? actually have an idea based off of kind of what you said as well as what Stamen said. Okay. Stamen was he? You in the said sauna? that I just need to like not necessarily have a segment, but. There needs, yeah. there should be something consistent in every episode. Yep. Like that oh, yeah. you, like if I read a quote or ask them what their favorite baseball player, whatever yep. it is. And what I'm thinking now that I'm releasing like merchandise and stuff. Mm-hmm. And for this next Gareth's episode will come out on Monday. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a hundred percent of sales from the website. We'll go to his foundation. Oh yeah. Um, that's obviously not attainable for every guest yeah but i think as i continue to get merchandise i'll do 25 or yeah probably 25 percent of profits okay to the guest choice charity okay so each guest i'll have them come prepared with a charity that they align with yeah and then i think it'll motivate the guests to kind of you know, use their crowd to raise some money for something yeah. that they're passionate about, mm-hmm. and it will get people to listen. Gotcha. More mm-hmm. new listeners, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Podcast with a purpose. What do you think? Maybe not that bad? could be your next tagline: the Bauer <laughs> Podcast with a purpose. That's not bad. You know, I thought a lot about it. I feel like, um... well, you're a creative guy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I like. I don't know if people like come with topics, but like, I put a list. I think some people have like ideas. I usually talk to myself during the day. Yeah. Like when I know I'm going to do a podcast at night, I'll just kind of like, (laughs) it's natural because you're kind of getting energy, right? Yeah. Throughout the day, like, it's a little nerve wracking or not nerve wracking, but a little bit exciting. It's like, which can be nerve wracking. We got the podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the worst. So it's thing. almost just like practicing throughout the day, and if I'm not talking to people, I'm mm. just talking to myself, and I I'm feel anticipating like I, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I was thinking of. Like my wife Sarah was like, "What are you going to talk about on the podcast?" And I was like, "I don't know. I have like a few things that we could go into a lot of detail on, but we can talk about a vast amount of different things." Yeah. Well, and yeah, and part of me is just like, I kind of want to just see where it goes. That's the beauty of it. And that's the beauty of it. And I think that's how your, your, your vibe is where it's like, Hey, I don't have set topics. I don't expect someone to have set topics. And you know, some people come on here and they want to promote their business or talk about what they do or. And I'm honestly, I clear the air. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way to put it actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but people I mean, have gotten business like when they come mm-hmm. out here and promote their business. Yeah, and that's where like I want to be careful with that. Where, for sure. um, well, I mean, well, it's not like I it's guess not for sure. But. It's not like I'm on like Life Kit, like NPR, where it's going out to the <laughs> yeah. entire world. <laughs> right. But in my line of work, they RBC is just like 
very compliance. I mean, anything the financial services like. Yeah, it's all. At the up. end, I'll probably be like, "And this, there's no such thing as this was not financial advice." If we get into that yeah. topic or not, but like, yeah, a little I think disclaimer. Yeah, just put a little disclaimer <laughs> at the end, <laughs> just to cover, just to cover our lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> Logan said that whatever for investing is a good idea. I took it as fact. Yeah, but I think. I don't know. I, I should probably actually say... I think I do actually do a pretty good job of saying if I know if it's a fact or not. Oh, okay. I'm pretty vocal about that. Yeah. Like, I'm not exact... I'll say I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. But you're always... Like, you've always been a pretty structured kid. Like, you like <laughs> to know what's next. Sometimes. You like to plan. Yeah. And but I feel you're like... you're also able to go with the flow. I am. Yeah. I think... Um, yeah, Sarah is more like, what's the plan? What's the plan? And like, oddly, between the two of us, really, I'm more of the, um, whatever you want to do, spontaneous maybe, or um, or go with, I go with the flow is probably the best term, just because, um, I don't know if there's not a plan. I'm just like, all right, let's, let's hang out and <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, you've come to the sauna. That just means you have. Sp- spontaneity in you yeah i mean the sauna texts don't come out until usually a day I know. the day of the sauna i'm so bummed when it's like a night where i'm like ah, i know the dog puppy. training i know the dog training and we had is off that, is that almost done i want to say we have two more weeks of that okay so monday nights will be free again so i'll have to get you um, on a different night string yeah because and we could probably talk about this on the podcast too like i already started it oh did you really yeah okay i can just whatever start wherever we want Okay. The whole point is right. Like I, you listen, so you know. Well, yeah. I just you just sort of like, oh, I started it. <laughs> it always throws people for a loop. But what I'm trying to do is, and like, I don't know if you listen to Harvey Martin's episode. Uh, ooh, Harvey was he the um, Harvey with Yanni? It was him and Yanni. Um, it was his second time, twice, on, right? Second time. I think on. I heard he's kind of like the go with the flow. Like he works with the speaker. San Francisco Giants. Yeah, he's the human the performance coach. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he said that he thinks we play a different character when we do different things. Like when you're a dad, you're a different character. When you're a podcaster, you're a different character. And when gotcha. you're a husband, you're a different character. And I have been thinking about that like nonstop. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with him the other night. And I was like, uh, we were talking about character. And I was like, I think you find your soul when you can live in cohesiveness of all your characters. Right. When all of your characters just start to mesh. Yep. That's when you really find who you are. Well, yeah. And you can be your true, authentic self. Um, Funny you say that. I feel like, so my wife, she's a first and second grade teacher. So she kind of has her teacher voice, if you will. Oh, yeah. And then she also teaches bar. uh, So she's a fitness instructor. And what's bar bar? Oh man. I feel like the way I describe it is it's kind of a mix between yoga and Pilates kind of, um, or like a yoga sculpt maybe. Um, but yeah, it's a fitness class, kind of full body workout. Um, she teaches at a studio bar three in Edina and shout out. yeah shout out to bar three <laughs> no free ads <laughs> no free ads but um but yeah she just loves it her mom's um a fitness instructor too and 
but yeah, the character, I feel like her when she's teaching <laughs> is like this confident, like awesome instructor and not that she's not confident in, in what she does, but it's just this new side of her that I don't really get to see that often. And it's kind of cool to see it. And I'm like, wow, this is like impressive how you do this. And I mean, I, <laughs> do you ever think she gets like exhausted from one character or moving from one character to another? You know, I think she does, especially in teaching, just being around I kids. Can really take a taxing on you if you're going and you're constantly playing this different character. Right, I think that can just drain you. Absolutely, and yeah, and if you feel like you can't be your genuine self, or I feel like it's the, um. You've probably gone through a bunch of like strengths and weaknesses assessments, like, and like, like in work, yeah, or like in sports, or it's um, I'm trying to think of the right term, but it's like something that like what gives the, you energy. Oh, like where do you get your energy? Yeah, and I feel like that's people can be really good at something and do really well at it, but. Maybe it doesn't give them energy and it drains energy. And it's kind of the introvert, extrovert thing. Like you're an introvert if you get energy from being alone versus you're an introvert or an extrovert rather um, when you're around other people. And some people are very outgoing, but it might be draining for them to be in a, a social setting. Right. What would you consider yourself as? Oof. I'm like a... I would say I'm a small group extrovert, <laughs> if there is such a thing. Um, I don't love, like, huge crowds and being in, like, a, I don't know, a group of 50 people um, and trying to, like, mingle or, like, create new relationships. I feel like I love the small group interaction or um, the one-on-one yeah the sauna is like a perfect group where it's like it's perfect there's always some sort of like cool conversation going yes and you're always meeting someone new right like i'm always inviting new people yeah and i think that's the cool part and it's like um even when a few of those uh stemper and um bo and bo the burnsville kid yeah (laughs) the burnsville guys yeah um even having them in the sauna and like we get to talking and it's like how many like mutual friends and connections do we have right and Isn't just like crazy? everybody's doing something super interesting too i think um we're kind of getting to that stage in our life when you know <laughs> people are doing some cool stuff and um yeah it's fun to learn about and hear about and i think that's the part that i enjoy about my job like every single person's different and they each have their own style style well yeah yeah (laughs) and it has to mesh well but then also like i get to learn about what they do and i'm like oh my gosh like i never would have thought that that was a job or tell me more about that job and Um, your last job was so structured being an accountant yeah kind of there's one book on how to do that it's um there's a lot of gray areas in accounting i would say um for sure but yeah i, I like tons to, of gray areas yeah it's not as black and white as people think like I mean, oh why there's do you think one Donald answer Trump doesn't pay taxes well, yeah. <laughs> like, there's lots of gray areas right and yeah you can manipulate that gray area yeah and i mean there's all sorts of um 
Yeah, I mean, there's loopholes. People exploit the loopholes. The government covers up the loopholes. There's new loopholes that kind of come up. I think um, one of the... are smart. Yeah, they're very smart. I think um, (laughs) one of the clients that I had when I worked at this big four accounting firm, which we'll rename nameless for... (laughs) (laughs) But um, they had a really unique tax structure where... Um, they essentially bought a company in, I want to say it was the UK or Ireland. Um, so that's where they're headquartered. And then pretty much all their operations are either in the US or all across the world. But um, it's a really unique tr- tax strategy where they essentially, the parent company at a lower tax jurisdiction like Ireland or the UK charges the entire company a management fee um which is an expense to a lower or a higher tax jurisdiction so it's kind of shifting profits from the u.s essentially to ireland and the difference in tax rate could be 35 percent down to 14 for whatever management fee you could right yeah so so that was a unique structure um there was another. There was a few companies that did it um, in the Twin Cities. A few bigger companies, but so then they closed that, that loophole. That, <laughs> right. So that makes it essentially that amount of money that you set for those fees. Mm-hmm. It becomes a business expense. Right. So it lowers your profits. Exactly. And then it becomes, yeah, profits. Right. So if in you this can, other jurisdiction where yeah. it's a lower rate, and it's just you think about these and. It's called a inversion, um, but it, it's no longer allowed anymore. They kind of grandfathered people in who had done it because they're like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is not right." It's really just a way to move money to skirt taxes, yeah, um, in one place. But yeah, I think, but companies that do that, and they, I mean, the scale of what they do, and there's certain things that you have to do to say that your company's in Ireland or in the UK, or they might have board meetings there. Um, but the cost of flying own... people over for board meetings and staying at nice hotels, like that is a drop in the bucket compared to the tax savings. And they're like, yeah, we're saving millions of dollars. Millions, if not more. Why wouldn't we do that? So <laughs> Tens, that's <laughs> hundreds of millions. Right. You're talking about large companies. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that was one client that I had and it's, it was kind of unique to kind of see the ins and outs of the business and how, yeah, if we can do this tax strategy to save the company millions of dollars, like it's a no brainer. Um, (laughs) Do you think that now you're obviously a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. Do you think that your knowledge on taxes sets you apart I do. Because I think it does. Yeah, like, and that's one of the things. Shot. Yeah, and I I kind of, um, it's one of the things I put on my business card. I put CPA, and then I have to put an asterisk because I can't really use um, my CPA, if you will, to provide accounting or tax advice for my clients. Yeah. But so much of advising, every single transaction that you make, there's a tax consequence. So... I think I speak the language. I think it helps me with business owners where I can read a financial statement, uh, balance sheet, income statement, cash flow, and really understand their business where mm. if it's a small business and they don't 
maybe that's not their sweet spot, I can kind of speak to that as well. So um, I, I think it does set me apart. I'd like to get a few other certifications, if you will. Um, but yeah, I have a few other priorities at the moment for, yeah. <laughs> for work. Well, I feel like it's not very common for a financial advisor to really know tax code. You know, it's not. They think... Um, a lot of people think <laughs> that financial advisors should know, but yeah. they don't necessarily know. They know enough. Um, oftentimes they will kind of say, hey, talk to your tax guy. And, right. And the more I've kind of Everybody talked to... Everybody says that, uh, right. which <laughs> is so odd to me. Like, I went to a car dealership, yeah. and I was like, if I want to buy a car mm-hmm. for my business... And like make it a branded car, right? Yep. Like throw a wrap on it. Throw a wrap on it, make mm-hmm. it Bauer Hour. I was like, what specifications do I need this car to be under to make it tax deductible? And they were said, We can't give out that advice. You right. have to talk to your tax professional. And I was like, Why do you guys not know this? Well, and Is I think it's something owners that yeah. come in here and want to do the same thing. Well, I think they should know and they should be able to say, hey, I think these are the specifications, but confirm with your tax guy. Exactly. And that's kind of what I do where it's like, hey, here are going to be the tax consequences of this transaction. Um, I can kind of give you all that up front and show you how it kind of impacts your plan. But <laughs> check with your tax guy to make right. sure, to confirm. Yeah. Um, and I think... Tax guy or gal should uh, be inclusive here. Um, Absolutely. That's good. Way to be aware. I wouldn't have caught that one. (laughs) Well, yeah, I catch myself saying, like, you guys, and I think that's a Minnesota thing. But, um, yeah. We all do that. (laughs) Right. It's tough to get away from. It's just something that we've grown up with. But, yeah, I always say confirm. And I think there's just so many regulations and, I mean, to protect people, too. You don't want financial advisors saying that they're also tax professionals. Yeah. You don't want tax professionals saying they're financial advisors or Why there not, should though? be well, I think it's um you think it's a conflict of interest because I feel like it's not a conflict. I think of it interest. could be. I think they go hand in hand. It, it could be a conflict, I think. And the reason I say that is if because I'm hiring you yeah. to do my finances. Right. And you know how taxes work you right. can guide me in the right direction yeah. to optimize my financial experience right and that's something i do but i don't want to do the return and i think there's kind of uh, a different level of you know there's this risk of audit for people that are you know putting certain things on their return that's why you get a good tax professional that right make sure that you know you're yeah. not scheming the system right one, the way I think about it, too, um, I mean, there are some great areas in the tax code where it's like, hey, can you back up every single contribution that you made to a charitable organization? Like, you should be. You should have a receipt for that. But um, or there's other things like that where it's like, you know, I think I gave this much. Like, if someone came and, like, knocked on your door, knocked on my door and said, hey, like, can you support? Anything that you said on your tax return, could you actually do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and I think but there's I'm kind of a... But I'm also super conservative because the IRS scares me now that they all have guns. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're underfunded, so <laughs> yeah, they have guns. I don't think is that go. a real... Th- I think that was a fake thing. You know, I can't Going remember... 
Yeah, I feel like IRS agents, like, they get a... There's no way they come to your door with a gun. I don't think they come to anyone's... Well, I haven't heard of anyone getting audited, but (laughs) can you imagine a guy, like, showing up with his little briefcase, like, hey, I'm here to audit your taxes. No, it's like... Okay, this will take not very long. (laughs) No, I'm curious what an audit from the IRS would look like on a personal tax return. And, I mean, they're probably not even worried about... The two of us. Um. <laughs> Actually, you'd probably be surprised because they're probably it's probably easier for them to come after someone like us rather than someone who has a ton of money that is really good at hiding it. But if you think about it, like, oh, maybe you misstated something by $100 and you owe the IRS $100. Yeah. Think about your time. Right. Like one hour of your time is worth $100, right? Yeah. At right. least. Yeah. Or at least... I like to think so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so they're like they could find something wrong, but overall they're going after the big fish or the big the As whales they out there. Be. Yeah, and I think um, like if they're going after yeah like a hundred couple hundred bucks right here and there that that'd yeah. be absurd. And there's so but, much that they don't they can't like audit everyone. And I think they're starting to get a bunch of systems in place where I was it's like say they automating might be able to at some point. Well, yeah, there was something. Um, something I learned at work that was like wild to me, but are you familiar with like cost basis of an investment? It's kind of like what it costs for you to invest at that point in time. Let's say you put in a hundred thousand dollars, it grows to 200,000. Your cost basis is a hundred thousand. Okay. Um, they didn't start tracking that at financial institutions until it wasn't required until like 2007 or something. What? Right. That makes no sense. So why? <laughs> Because aren't you only taxed on your gains? Exactly. So um, <laughs> you essentially have to go back. And I was helping a client with this because she uh, inherited some money and, you know, they've held this stock for forever. And I look at what's at, um, in her account and, like, there's no cost basis for any of the investments. And I'm like, Okay, if I want to make some changes, I'm not just going to assume that there's zero cost basis. Right. Um, because then she would pay a bunch of taxes. So I kind of have to go and help her navigate <laughs> figuring out what the cost basis right. could be or might be. Or, How hey, do you have a form from 1997 <laughs> when. How to change your password. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You got to click forgot password and then we're going to go to the next screen. Right. But that's and, really, you probably have to walk some people through that. And I'm just like stuff. thinking to myself, like, they didn't require cost basis? Like, are you kidding me? I feel like that should be on um, every end of the year statement. Right. And it probably is now. And it is now. Think. Like, yeah, after a certain period of time, I can't remember the year. Um, but that just boggled my mind. And, like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a very, like, easy thing to put on and to require. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's little things like that that, like, the IRS is, like, I don't know, living in the past, like, <laughs> 30 years ago yeah. and trying to catch up with the world today. Um, the IRS has to have plenty of money or they have to have plenty of funding, though, don't I don't think you they think they're did. Underfunded? I think they were underfunded. There was a lot of um, talk, or I read a few articles about how underfunded the IRS was. And ultimately, they need bodies or people or really good systems in place to kind of zone in on on who's um someone they should look into um but i feel like if you create really good systems like it kind of takes care of itself 
but the government is very slow to try new things or um, yeah, well, they, it they just want takes someone time. else to t- be the test dummy, right? And then they'll catch up in a couple. And years. that's the beauty of like, well, <laughs> one of the beauties of our democracy democracy here in the U.S. is that you know you have the federal government. Um, but then each of the states can kind of do their own things for certain issues and, you know, marijuana. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like enough states can make their own decision on that. How weird is that, that you can, it can be legal in Colorado, then you can drive across a border and it's illegal (laughs) and you can go to jail. Yeah. It's wild. Um, that's nuts. I was thinking about that as like a unique, cause I, I knew that at some point soon, Minnesota would legalize. And and it is like kind of legal, right? It is. They like, it is but, legal. Now. <laughs> but it's but it's kind of I think it's kind of uh still up in the air a little bit. It's it's a very unique thing and I cuz um, I think at any point like a cop or I guess the DEA could bust into yeah, a federal weed shops, a federal mm-hmm. agent or whatever. Right. And Shut them down. Yeah, and I think that's the weird risk where any money made through these operations in cannabis or cannabis-related industries, like the federal government could come in and completely shut them down Mm. because it is illegal. But it's kind of conflicting with the state laws, and that's where it's – as I'm kind of like growing my business and thinking about unique opportunities, I thought about cannabis industry – um, business owners. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> any advisor who's been doing this for 20 years kind of has an established book and like they only grow up from referrals and right. you know, they're existing clients that need help or they have a rollover of a 401k, let's say. Um, so they're not going after this new, very unique business owner. Yeah. Um, it's like a but I thought about it and it's, it's just market. like, yeah. And there's just so much regulation around it and then the conflicting federal laws versus state laws they can't really bank (laughs) at an institution and like it's a very like it's still a very cash um cash business because they're kind of um restricted with what they can put in cash investments because of this federal government at any at any point could do something but um, there's actually specific CPAs that help business owners like that, even in the state of Minnesota, which, um, but yeah, like, do you think that could be conflicting with you and your like current company though? If there's a lot of gray area still where the company wouldn't necessarily support it. Right. Yeah. My company doesn't, <laughs> I, I tried boom. to, boom. yeah. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute dead end. I was oh. like, Hey, would this be, is there some potential here? Um, and they said, we're not going to touch that yet. We're yeah. Else. And there was Get actually that. a guy that I talked to in the cities here. Um, and he's kind of a big uh, insurance guy. And um, it seems like a hole in the market. Yeah. And, and if, he's uh, kind a lot of, of these bigger companies aren't supporting. Right. That there's opportunity for new business. Yeah. And, and kind of what he had told me, um, Minnesota is one of the most unique places for cannabis um, because we allow alcohol and cannabis drinks and this was before the law change where it was legalized this was even before remember when they like 
they accidentally pass the law to legalize. Yeah, how do you uh, like? They're not just they're not reading all the sheets. Like, right. They do the same thing as us I, with the terms and they conditions. Like, they just <laughs> check the box and move yeah. on. Yep. Except except. Yeah. yeah take all my data. <laughs> right. As long as I can bypass the screen. So so when they had done that, you could essentially sell alcohol at a brewery and also sell THC beverages. Yeah. And, and this is the. Minnesota was the only place in the entire world that could do both of those in one one spot. I mean, think about the repercussions of that with driving. Right. But, yeah, and it's think just... Think about how altered you could get just off of a few drinks. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's very interesting. Two. Have you Have you tried any of the THC yeah. drinks? Okay. Yeah. I had one that was like a very small dose, and I didn't feel like any different. Yeah, like um, two and a half milligrams or something. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, oh, this is perfect microdose. I'm like, this tastes like juice. And yeah. Just <laughs> nothing a, else. Just drinking a lemonade. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't have a crazy effect. But same thing with having one beer. Right. It doesn't have much of an effect. It doesn't. I feel like, um, well, when you're post 30, it does. <laughs> I agree, yeah. I stopped. I, I cut it all. Did you really? Yeah. No alcohol more, free? No more alcohol. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of my New Year's resolution, but I haven't drank in a month, so. Okay. It's well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you didn't wait till the New Year to start yeah. being better. It's been on my mind for so long. And I even talk about it on my podcast. Yeah. A lot about how I just think alcohol affects you for so long. I like, think alcohol. I think I have brain fog for a week, maybe even longer. Okay. And is this when you kind of like. Or if you have more than say four drinks yeah right i know your body i think you get more anxious i think your heart rate raises quicker i think that it's always i don't know there's something that like sits in the back of your mind where you just know that it's not the right right thing to be doing i think um and there's a a netflix series that i just watched that i want to talk about because i think it's wild and i don't know we kind of make fun of people who are plant-based and vegan but um but on the alcohol free i feel like alcohol is gonna be what smoking was where smoking was socially acceptable everyone did it you mm-hmm. could do it everywhere um i think alcohol at some point probably sooner than we think is gonna be that taboo like oh you drink alcohol like ugh. Yeah, that that might not be as soon as we think, but I think we're trajecting that way. I think so too. I mean, you're you're seeing these like bars pop up that are alcohol free. I Um, have not seen one of those. Gosh, I can't remember where I read it, but it was somewhere in New York. Um, Yeah, they had a bar with cocktails. There's a ton of people out there that don't drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, is is there something that kind of prompted you to kind of start or stop drinking <laughs> start stop drinking <laughs> well um i think there's a lot of things mm-hmm. i think that one it's been on my mind for a long time um and it's just been something that i think that i don't need one like mm-hmm. i think a lot of credit goes to alcohol like if you're in a social setting and you're say a funny joke or mm-hmm. you you know do something oh it's just the alcohol 
you yeah. know, like he he's not actually funny. He's just yeah. drinking. Mm-hmm. So like credit can be passed on to alcohol, which bad credit too. Like if you're acting like an idiot. Yep. And then it's like, oh, but then the credit gets passed to you. Then he's yep. an idiot, you know, mm-hmm. when he does alcohol. So I just don't. <laughs> and then Amy's, we're having a third kid. Yeah. Congratulations. So they're due on uh, August 4th. So they, them, <laughs> we don't know the gender. Are you guys doing a surprise? Uh, yeah. Did you guys do a surprise for, for Lula? Lula, you did? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. That's more fun anyway. <laughs> and she doesn't drink either way. Like last year, she probably had two drinks. Okay. Throughout the wow. whole year. She was pregnant until October. Yeah. But still, even after that. Right. Or no, sorry. She wasn't pregnant at all last year. Okay. Um, except for the end of the year. Well, I feel like if you go so long without it, <laughs> you realize that you don't need it. Yeah. And that your life is better, You're better without, off without it. without it. And yeah. like, think about how much... It makes you age, too. Mm-hmm. Right. You get the baggy eyes. Your skin starts to crinkle yeah. more. Well, I think about that, too, with, I mean. I don't want to age quicker. Right. <laughs> I just want to look like I'm younger. <laughs> there was a video I watched, um, this, like, mega billionaire. I forgot his name, but he <laughs> is trying to, like, completely reverse aging and get the body of, like, an 18-year-old, and he's spending, like, Oh, millions so and millions of dollars like on his body it's not really i don't know if he's done like plastic surgeries but like he's really fit i'll have to show or find the video for you uh, at some point but what's the stuff that they um botox yeah botox i mean stops with wrinkles. i mean but that's all like cosmetic or like but still appearance He's more so like I'm going to reverse aging by my fitness and my sleep and What's his my name? diet. Do you know? I'll have to look it up. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he looks like <laughs> he kind of looks like a, a young adult and he's 50 and I think they've said um and he probably doesn't drink. No, I, I guarantee he doesn't because his whole goal is to reverse aging and have the body of a 18-year-old for as right. long as he can. But I mean, in the one month that I haven't been drinking, I've noticed how mm-hmm. much quicker I can get stronger. Yeah, right. Like today, I did three sets of 20 pull-ups. Jeez. <laughs> I was like... Probably never done that in your life. <laughs> I don't know if Trippy. I ever have. I don't know if I ever have. I did... In college, I did, um, we did like testing on pull-ups. I think I did 43 in a row. Okay. Um, it's decent. But I don't know <laughs> if I've ever done 60 like that. Right. Like in sets of 20. Yeah. Well, and the the thing that I thought of. But a month ago, I wasn't doing that. I yeah. I was doing, I'd do like five sets of 10. Okay. Well, yeah, you recover quicker, like you have more so energy. Much like, don't lose that day. Well, the thing I was thinking of, too, with alcohol, um, like, yeah, the sleep's good. But, like, how many things do people try to, like, get an incremental benefit from? I mean, and I love sauna, too. But, like, hot or cold, they're like, oh, it's great for your body. You know what would be great for your body? If you stop drinking alcohol or (laughs) you got better sleep or, like, but people are kind of looking for these other things. And then I think... Right, or I can drain the alcohol quick by going in a sauna. Right, or yeah, or I don't know. It's even like the, um, 
these new like diet pills that are coming out that are supposed to help you help curb your hunger and help you lose weight i feel like like what what kind of diet i forgot the um i feel like i forgot this too about yeah it's um there was some and the reason i know this was more recent i mean there's been diet pills for Mm -hmm. probably for however long that people would buy them you know (laughs) if it will sell them yeah Yeah. people will buy them uh will sell them and make money on them but Uh um there were these new ones that came out i forgot the company um but i remember it was pretty recent because there was a few like stocks that went down because of this news of this new diet pill and it was couldn't remember if it was like pepsi or coke or like some like kind of sweets because they thought people would not be as if this is (laughs) sold to the masses it's going to impact the demand for unhealthy foods right it was like nabisco or Uh, frito-lay or whatever so other big companies put a stop to it um i don't think so no i think the the diet pills are still out there i just don't know but like people are trying to find this like (laughs) this one thing that's going to change your life whether it's sauna or diet pills and i think each of them have their place for certain situations and Mm -hmm. for certain people um but if you really wanted to improve your life and improve your health, diet, exercise, sleep. Probably sleep, like, is the most important. And I know and Joe that's Rogan has, a like... a huge thing why I stopped drinking, too, is yeah. you notice how bad your sleep is. If you wear, like, an <laughs> Apple Watch or a yeah. Garmin Watch... Oh, yeah. And you track your sleep, drink a couple beers <laughs> and go sleep and yeah. compare it to a night where you hadn't. You know, I used to track my sleep on the watch, but stop doing it. I just feel like... Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people wear those whoops. Yeah, I have a few friends that have the whoop. Um, there's also the ring. I think there's like an aura ring, or a, oh yeah, my wife yeah. got the EV. It's like the next brand of. of I saw ring. that aura ring. That kind of looks cool. Yeah, it gets your heart rate too. Yeah, it looks at a lot of stuff, and um, yeah, it's all really accessible, and you can see a lot of that data, which I think is. I mean, if you're <laughs> thinking about making a life change and. You see how poor your sleep is from having a drink or two or four or whatever it is. I think that could help push people in the right direction to make a change. Yeah. I think, but also. (laughs) I'm not like shaming anyone who drinks because for the last 12 years, I definitely (laughs) have been drinking in excess too much, you know. And that's, I mean, that's another reason right there is I've been doing it so long mm-hmm. that I really haven't had any sort of break from it. Right. But if you sit back and like reflect or think or if like Amy's pregnant and you're like, hey, I'm not going to drink when you're pregnant because you're not kids? drinking. Do you well, know yeah. how miserable it sounds to, to try and take care of three kids? <laughs> well, One, you already don't drunk, get enough no way. sleep. Two, hungover. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you don't get enough sleep already. Yeah, and it just kind of compounds. And I think... I don't know what it is about turning 30, but I feel it when I have two drinks or three drinks the next morning. A hundred percent. And I, I mean, maybe I just didn't notice it as much, but I think the older you get, the more, I don't know, in tune you get, or I don't know, maybe you it's to just pay attention, I think. Yeah. And you feel like it. You have a like, realization hey, like, Hey, I'm not 20 anymore. Yeah. I can't bounce back from this. Right. And there's just so much social pressure with drinking sometimes and even in college it's like oh you're not like if you didn't drink in college you were like 
weirdo. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's like a very like <laughs> good decision. <laughs> yeah, very good decision. Um, especially being an athlete, right? Like, we sh- probably shouldn't. Oh have my been gosh! Drinking. Yeah, like after a baseball doubleheader, it's like, all right, we're gonna have that's a night last, out on the town. <laughs> that's the last thing you need. <laughs> no, yeah, zero recovery, especially as a pitcher when you like. Your arm, yeah, it's gonna fall <laughs> off, and you have to pitch on like a lot of times. I was pitching on two or three days rest, mm-hmm. like that's quick turnaround, right? Yeah, and and if you're <laughs> drinking during that, I don't know if I was ever. I didn't drink a whole lot during season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously everyone did here and there, but not a. I don't think a crazy amount, especially my last couple of years. Yeah, it didn't really slow down. Okay, yeah, because you're also on the road like every weekend, right? And well, you're not going to show up to a game hungover. Yeah. Well. Especially if you're a leader on the team. You know, yeah, I, that's true. I was a captain my junior and senior year. So mm-hmm. if I'm showing up hungover, then everyone's going to think that they can show up hungover. Yeah, and that's the norm. And, hey, if Mitch is doing it, And then we're not be playing okay. for the national championship. Right. Right? We're playing for the next celebration. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, the celebration's at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hit it Yeah. Then. Let's be the the team that gets to end the season on a win, not a not a loss. Yeah, and it was probably partially, you know, it's who you surround yourself with too. Mm-hmm. Like Eric at that time had been my roommate for five years, and he was kind of just getting into his faith journey, so he was really slowing down on it yeah. too. Um, but even like after college, it's just like that's that's how we know how to get together is hey, let's go get a beer. Yeah, well and. That's another topic that I've thought about so much, and I'm glad that you brought this up, but it's like, <laughs> do we need to have a sauna sesh to, like, hang out, or do we need to do a podcast to hang out? Like, Do we need to have production? Do we need to have something? Or, like, and I don't know at what age this happens. It's probably college, like, after college. When is the last time you, like, just invited someone over to, like, hang out at your house? <laughs> Like, can you? I think a lot of people don't think that people want to hang out. Just Mm -hmm. like come over and hang out. Yeah. Especially if they have families and. Right. I'm picking up after my kids constantly. Yeah. Having a three-year-old kid, dude, he just goes into rooms and throws stuff everywhere. (laughs) And then you're picking up in that room, and then he goes in the next room and messes that up. Right. Picking up after him again, it's like just a little tornado. Do you want to come hang out? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to witness this? Probably not. (laughs) But like. I don't know, and and having kids is different. Like, that changes just, like, your time is so... So are you saying, like, do we have to, like, be productive when we hang out? Or does there have to be, like... Does there have to be an excuse? To hang out. Like, could... And and maybe it's as simple as, hey, Mitch, like... I would... We're, like, adult friends. Do you want to go for a walk together? Like, I feel like... and just talk. Yeah. Hang out, yeah. Because I think there's this, this... thing that's missing and it's like <laughs> it's this friendship and connection and well, I, people would be like well that's homosexual <laughs> right they might say that but it's yeah. like actually i just really enjoy mitch's Hanging company out. right you know i don't get yeah. to connect with them as much and we don't really need you an excuse talk about different things right that you talk about necessarily right with your wife or, your or i know yeah exactly See, like what kind of issues we're both dealing with right and it's just like this community and this support Um, and it kind of reminds me of this other article that I read it. Have you heard the the term friendship recession? I think you've said that. Okay. 
Did I? Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, it got me thinking, and it's like the people with at least six or more close friends do more things out in the community or talk to a stranger. or And they did this whole study on kind of the impact of having more than six close friends. And, like, <laughs> you're a better member of society when you have more close friends. And I think... Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, th- and I thought about this during the pandemic, too, because, um, I mean, we're all isolated, and I feel like <laughs> you couldn't just hang out with people. Um, and it yeah. oddly, like, brought some people together. could, but you um, had to, like, sneak it weirdly. <laughs> right. Weird. And then it's like, oh, that's bad. And, and then <laughs> half the people think that you're doing, like, the worst thing in the world, and half the people don't care. Right. But there is this just missing, like, connection or community or i think it's just harder to make adult friends like totally think about your friends your close friends you either went to high school or college right and no other time which Mm -hmm. those two times in your life probably i have some friends that i've made after college yeah but a majority right probably high school well yeah the vast majority and maybe part of that is (laughs) Growing up in Minnesota. Or met them through someone from yeah. my high school or college. But how many of those would you consider like close friends that you met after college? That you regularly you get do? together with at least once a month? Well, I get together with a lot of people now that I have the sauna. And then it's <laughs> like, it's that's why I got it, was yeah. to gather people. Mm-hmm. And to like have, you know, good conversation and kind of push that i guess because that's what it does it gets us away from our phones it gets us doing something it's something that's super easy yeah you don't have to work hard (laughs) sitting in a sauna you just have to be present sometimes you have to work hard staying in the sauna (laughs) sometimes you have to work hard staying in the sauna for sure yeah i think um and that kind of just like stamens the pilot yeah (laughs) he douses it with water smokes us out after five minutes oh man (laughs) yeah i talked to him a little it was probably a few weeks ago. I don't know. If, does he listen? Uh, I don't know. No. Um, maybe. But um, this this kind of reminds me also of like <laughs> growing up being your friend. <laughs> because when Mitch is like, hey, like, want to come over? Like, yeah, I'll come over. And you never know what you're going to like show up to. Because <laughs> Mitch is always like how can I get all my buddies together? And like, we could get this big group and it could yeah, be right, like, yeah. I could throw, like I could show up and there'd be like six dudes. <laughs> We're all like 15 or 16 years yeah, old. And it's like different friend. Groups. Yeah. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And I think that's kind of the cool thing um, about you is you're like this connector where it's like your friends all kind of become friends or are friendly enough to, get to know each other or have conversations where it's like some people I think <laughs> you know they have their one friend group and they have another friend group limited and if they're going to do one trust. thing with right. this friend group we're not going to invite another friend group because they might not know each other and it's you, you know more don't... <laughs> exclusive right and, and yeah. I, there's a time and place for like some of that for sure um, but yeah you are always just like all my friends are friends of everyone <laughs> And I'm going to force it on them. Yes. Yeah. Come over to the sauna. You have no idea who's coming over. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that trait comes from. I wonder if it f- maybe like at a certain time in my life, I felt like I was excluded from certain friend groups or 
So like I always make it a thing to include everybody yeah. involved. Um because I know what it feels like to yeah. be excluded. Yeah. Um and I think everybody knows that feeling. Yeah. I and mean, it's kind of a crappy feeling. Right. To feel excluded. Or if if for some reason like there's been a few times in my life where I've like accidentally excluded someone and yeah. they bring it up and I'm just I feel horrible. I know. I'm just like I, I cannot believe week. it. Like and I don't know. It's just <laughs> this awful feeling. I'm like, I would never want to exclude anyone. Like, thank you for telling me so I can fix it and be yeah, better. But like, that. dang, that <laughs> that really gets me where I'm just like, ah, oh, man, like, I didn't even think about it from their perspective. But I think it's, yeah, it's good to be told. I think the worst thing is if you do that to someone and they don't speak up and tell you and then you can't really improve. But right. yeah. <laughs> And like, I mean, you're, people are always looking for things to do during the week outside, I think, mm-hmm. of drinking. Oh, yeah. And like, they still want to gather and they still mm-hmm. want to show face and mm-hmm. have conversation and get out of their house. Yeah. And I mean, the sauna is so easy because it's an hour. It takes an well, hour. Maybe it's an about hour an hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Yeah. Hour, hour and a half. Because you do three 15-minute rounds, which is about 45 minutes. Yeah. And five to ten minutes in between each round, depending yeah. on how cold it is. And then maybe a fourth round if you're kind of all still on the chat. If the conversation's <laughs> flowing. <laughs> I feel like every time I've come over, there's been a fourth round where really? we're fully clothed and like have our sweatshirt and warm jacket. Warm up in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, warm up, leave the door open. But um, yeah, it is. I think there is this yearning for like connection and friendship and like opportunities to do that outside of. And it's a place to come and prove, right? Like, it's a place to come and prove your lifestyle. Like, you're making new connections. Mm -hmm. You're doing something that's healthy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, just right there. Yeah. Like, how important are those two things? Yeah. No, Making new connections and doing something that's healthy. Yeah, and just getting out of your little box. I feel like the times when I get really... Anxious? um, Yeah, probably anxious would be when i'm at home for too long for For like sure an extended period of time even when you work from home an entire day it's like okay i got my intention (laughs) on getting outside and going on a walk you go talk to someone like i need to do something call someone or talk to my dog or (laughs) (laughs) yeah our brains need to be kind of constantly occupied i mean that's why entertainment's so big now like think about how much entertainment we receive right. every day. Yeah, and I think about that too, like being entertained or doing entertaining things and like filling your time with that and having to do those to not feel anxious. Like <laughs> there's probably two sides of the spectrum there where it's like, hey, you could just be always doing something and you never even sit down and reflect. But life's very interesting. Or you have the flip side where it's like, Man, I've been sitting at home and I'm feeling anxious because of it. How often like, do you think you actually sit down and reflect? Oh, it's very few times other than when I other like meditate or something. Do you meditate? I don't do it as much. I mean, I love the idea of it, but I <laughs> I feel like I just make excuses and don't find the time. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I it's really hard. I don't enough. Sometimes I will stop what I'm doing. I'll sit down yeah. and breathe. Yep. Um, but that's if tensions get high. Right. And like I need to, but yeah. like we'll have silences in the sauna for yeah. thirty seconds a minute, right. and like that's fine. 
Yeah. Silence is fine. Like silence is good. You don't have to fill the <laughs> the silence fill just every for single void. Yeah, just for the sake of, of filling the void. But um, I'm trying to think of where sometimes I, was going I with that. sometimes I might do that a little too much where I can't stop my brain from telling my mouth to speak. Like sometimes if I don't, <laughs> but the reason that I do this is because mm-hmm. I have troubles following along in conversations if I hit something that I don't understand. Okay. So I have to ask questions. Yeah. Or I have to, um, like, gain a better understanding. It helps gotcha. me listen better. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great quality to be, like, intellectually curious and ask questions. And <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, one of the quotes from John Gallardi, our football coach up at St. John's, not that I played football. but He's a uh, legend. Yeah. Um, Isn't he like 150? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, he passed when I was uh, oh, did he? junior, I want to say. Um, but I got to take his leadership lessons class. And then he had a theory of coaching football class, which was essentially just a speed dating class. <laughs> really? You just talk to people? <laughs> kind of. I mean, you just like... He just wanted people to connect and talk, and um, his big thing, or what he said a lot, was you don't have to be interesting. You just have to be interested in what someone else is saying. That's and amazing. That resonates with me so much. Right. That's the whole premise of this podcast. Right, exactly. And it's not like, like I'm super interesting. I'm just a regular are, guy. But, and we're all unique. Well, yeah, we all, each have our own experience that we can talk about. Um which is, I think is, is fun to talk about. Right. right. And the way that we react and the way that our emotions work mm-hmm. works different for each person. Yeah. We each have our own unique lens on life. And yeah, I think it's good to hear different perspectives on what other people are thinking and um, yeah, kind of get out of your own mind and say, oh, <laughs> I'm not the only one in this world. <laughs> That's super important. That's the background of my phone. I think I read this on the last podcast that I did, but mm-hmm. it's um, it's really important. It's do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Mm-hmm. When you're yeah. feeling anxious, when you're feeling depressed, stop thinking about yourself. Right. <laughs> Think about others. Do something for others. Yeah. It will make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many studies on gratitude and being grateful and giving back and the benefits of that. Um, yeah, I think it's easy to get <laughs> so absorbed into what we're doing or what we're thinking or the goals that we have or, or our job or like, yeah, the perception too. I think um, I thought a lot about that too, just like perception and I feel like I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I was going to quote another YouTube video, but um, okay. quote as many YouTube. Videos I can't remember as you if want. it was Jordan Peterson or not. Jordan Peterson spits a lot of facts. Yeah, he he talked about intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. Where think about anything that you want to do. Like, is there something that you want to do right now, or maybe it's something that you want to buy? thinking like, why do I want to buy that? Do I want to buy that? Cause it's going to make me feel good. And is that making me feel good because of <laughs> social reasons, how others will, will perceive me? Or is it something that's going to make me feel good and nobody else really knows about it? 
Right. And I don't know if I explained that extremely no, well. No, I think but you did explain it really It's well. kind of like, do I want to buy this or like... Do I want to buy this for me or do I want to buy this for the perception of who I want people to think I am? Right. Or yeah, like, oh, look at or my fancy new... do I want this new... to be a distraction? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, and I think happier people <laughs> focus on intrinsic motivators rather than extrinsic so let's say it's like a status thing where it's like, hey, I want to get this new house because... Um, but it's not always a status thing, right? Not always. Like just it's, because you buy something expensive doesn't mean that it's a status thing. Right. Yeah, you could buy something expensive because it's a really high quality thing and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And it makes you confident in yourself. If it's like a clothing item or a pair of shoes, you're like, hey, I, I love how this makes me feel mm-hmm. regardless of what anyone else thinks about this brand or this, this type hairstyle. Of right. Like if, yeah. So, yeah. And it's not like absolute, like everything's, <laughs> I only do this for intrinsic reasons yeah, versus yeah, extrinsic. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, that are. go into it. Yeah. But yeah, it was one of the things I thought about just with perception. It's like, and if you thought about like, the things that you really value in life and I think about it where it's like, what do I value? Am I spending my time on things that I value? Am I spending my money on things that I value? Um, Or my attention? Or am I spending most of my time or money on something that's not in my top three values? And and why am I doing that? Right. Um, It's something I think about a lot. (laughs) I mean, you could tie that right into what we were just talking about with alcohol, right? Like... Is that necessarily part of your values? But you might spend tens of thousands of dollars on it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And is that the top thing? Do you want, do you, well, <laughs> do you like how it makes you feel potentially? In the moment, um, I think short in the term. Moment, yeah. Always. Well, it's kind of looking at like the short term versus long term thinking too. I'm, I mean, you've known me since, uh, what, kindergarten, I think? We were in the same class and then never again. Maybe even <laughs> before that. Preschool did you U. Go to, did you go to preschool U? Yeah. Yeah, so did Preschool I. U in Maple Grove. I'm yeah. sure we crossed paths at some point when we were little oh, yeah. four or five-year-old shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you've known me forever. Like, I've always been, like, a long-term yes. thinker and saver. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I feel like some people aren't. They're more yeah. short, short term and perfect example of that was you always took your time breaking in baseball gloves. Like <laughs> you I? always took a while <laughs> because you wanted it to be done correctly so that you could use the glove for a long period of time and that you got the longest effect from the glove. <laughs> that's yeah. That's something that you <laughs> remember that I don't random, yeah. but I Yeah, don't... I think I had like two gloves, one in high school primarily and then one in college. Yeah, you had that heart of the hide, the red one in high school. Yeah. Didn't you have a TPX before that, though? Kind of a raggedy uh, old glove? You know, I think I actually used Isaac Collins' glove. Um, <laughs> like a small glove? <laughs> it's like a really small infielder glove. And that was when we were That's like probably why you 12 got or 13. So good, though. Yeah, started using the appropriate equipment. Yeah. When you use a smaller <laughs> glove and if you can still make the play? Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, I used his for maybe a season. I feel like that was before high school, though. But then I started buying some decent gloves. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I always remember you being, like, helping me out even 
when I was breaking in gloves. Like if I got a new glove, <laughs> you, know, you got to break it in like this. Yeah. Two, two in the pinky and then. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> but we, I mean, we grew up playing together. So like that's oh how we got tipped. <laughs> there were so many times I feel like you'd be like, hey, I just got a new glove. You like want to come over and play catch for like hours on end. Break it <laughs> yeah. We'll do divers and I'll never forget when we were in uh, the hockey ring and my dad was hitting us fungos. The hockey. Oh, the hockey rinks at Kerber. Oh, really? And my dad was hitting us fungos and we were like wrestling. We were shoving each other out of the way. We were diving. We were muddy after. Yeah. I my dad's like... just hitting line drives and ground balls. <laughs> We probably made up some game. Oh, yeah. Like, first one to 100 or something. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like shoving me out of the way. Yeah. No, you were I shoving like... me, too. You always shoved me back. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you were, like, always bigger and stronger than me. So, <laughs> But you always I tried pushed to yourself up. to try and be bigger and stronger than me. So you never backed down. Yeah, but... Like, you were never afraid to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember... That period of time when, like, you're like, hey, are we going to wrestle? Let's wrestle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wrestling's good, dude. It's a good thing that kids wrestle. You should know how to kind of hold your own in some yeah. sort of altercation if things escalate. Yeah, if things get really bad. I think so. I, I think about, um, I mean, that I started boxing, like, probably a month or two ago. And I did it because I was like, I've never been in a fist fight. <laughs> And if a crazy altercation, like if it does, the 0.001% chance that something happens yeah. and like my kids are in danger and I'm not able right. to defend them. Yeah. Well, like yeah. What am I doing as a father? Have you had those like dreams or thoughts that pop up into your head? Like, what if this happens to my kids? Like, I'm going to have to like really step up and like protect yeah. them. Yeah. Or... That's why I started boxing, <laughs> seriously. Cause I, and what I realized is that if I w- were to ever get into a fight, mm-hmm. I would have gotten my ass kicked. Yeah, Boxing is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is really tiring. Oh, yeah. So if you're ever fighting an inexperienced person, just, tire just them let, out. tire them out. Yeah. Let them throw all the punches. Give them... 30 seconds to a minute, and then tackle them. Yeah. And you'll be just fine. But the thing with that is that a lot of people nowadays are actually trained. Because a lot of people train in wrestling or jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu or boxing. Yeah, like it's some a very popular march, workout nowadays. Martial arts. Yeah. yeah. No, I think um, back to hitting grounders with your dad. I feel <laughs> like there were so many memories of our childhood where it's your dad like hitting us fly balls or hitting All the us time. yeah grounders and what infield. we did when we hung out and what my dad do. was the baseball coach and we were yeah we played on every single team i really liked the podcast with him by or, the way did you like that <laughs> yeah, yeah that i would have loved to see the gift in like some visual way but yeah um i thought I about it. videotaping it okay but um I don't know. I and I, I probably say I know this you've too much, to... but um, I just don't want to put too much pressure on people where they feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and most people haven't been on camera, and you know we talk about different characters. People, I think, naturally can play a different character when something new is put in front of them. Right. And I want to have good, authentic conversation. I don't want anything right. to get in the way of that. Exactly. So yep. I want to put my focus on the Which conversation. Which I like, and I like that you're like, hey, this is what I want it to be having a camera or some visual effects like 
is not going <laughs> to I would meet that need. I would ideally, and this is an idea that I've had, um, like to do a cartoon. If like people did want a visual, okay, I could do some sort of just cartoon setup of me and the guest. Huh. Um, and then, like, I'm sure AI could create. <laughs> I was something just going like to say, that. like, have a AI do a, a cartoon based on the audio of exactly this audio file. Yeah. and go. Like, I'm sure AI. Has and the you ability could to do the that. Person that you're talking to, and you could make it look pretty right. legit. I bet. Yeah, probably take a lot of editing. <laughs> probably. Or thought, maybe. Yeah. Um, and editing is not. I mean, you can find anything on YouTube, mm-hmm. but you have to know what to search for because sometimes you're not always like, especially when I'm doing the audio. I obviously want like I tinker with the audio all the time because mm-hmm. I want the best audio experience for the listener because i know that goes a long way when i listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. like if the audio is really good oh you're just gonna really appreciate that yeah if it's bad you're like i'm not listening to this i'm not listening to this crap exactly yeah and um where was i going with that i don't know ai visual (laughs) where was i going with that that had something maybe it'll come back to me yeah exactly no but yeah i don't know implementing a cartoon i I hired this guy who reached out to me via email, and I thought mm-hmm. he got my lead from Spotify or something. Um, because the podcast gets, I th- want to say, like 4,000 impressions a week. Oh. So that means 4,000 people see the podcast or get recommended the podcast. Yep. Or, okay. Yep. Kind of like. So it's becoming a recognizable thing, right? Mm-hmm. So Spotify recognizes that I'm posting relatively consistent content. Yeah. And that helps the algorithm or whatever it is. Because 85% (laughs) of podcasts stop after the first five episodes. Really? So Spotify wants to reward the people that are consistent. Interesting. And it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense with anything. Like if you're doing a LinkedIn post or an Instagram post, like what's going to be pushed up to the top of people's feed? It's the people that are consistent. So. Exactly. Recommended podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you probably, you, most people don't even notice them. But honestly, if they see the logo, mm-hmm. that's all that really matters because the logo is kind of the brand, right? Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear like what your goals are. Like what's your end goal for this podcast? I know. I wouldn't necessarily say there is any sort of end goal, um, but... Right now, it's. I think about it like I have one thing that pays my bills. Mm-hmm. I have my real estate. That's kind of my long-term payoff. Mm-hmm. And then I need to find something that fills my cup. Yeah. Right? That I enjoy doing. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully, at some point, the thing that fills my cup... Will do. Charge your glasses for full functionality. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. <laughs> Low battery, charge your glasses for full functionality, these meta glasses. (laughs) Um, But hopefully one thing, that one thing that fills my cup can replace um, the things that pay my bills. Right. Or also pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And you do them simultaneously. Yeah. We get one shot at life. Yeah. I'm not going to spend my entire life doing something that. Other people want me to do or that other people think that I should do. I want to do what I want to do. Um, And I'm trying to find, you know, what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Because my whole life I was passionate about sports. Right. And that was the easy thing to remind. What happens when sports go away, Mitch? Exactly. (laughs) 
you're an adult. I mean, there's a lot of athletes that have post-athletic depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. like high levels of it. I think that's really common. I don't know why hockey would be more common than other sports, but I feel like I've heard that from a lot of hockey players where it's like, once you stop playing hockey, that's like your identity. So yeah. I've heard that from a lot of baseball players too. Yeah. Because it's, think about in college. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's a full-time job. It takes maybe a D two, yeah, four four <laughs> hours to six hours a day. I would say on average, it does take a lot of time. And I think, yeah, you you kind of get wrapped up to into it, and you know, it is who you are. You say where you go to school. I am on the baseball team, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like I don't know. Do you watch a lot of sports, like professional sports for entertainment or college sports? I try and watch the Twins as much as possible, but hand up, I've probably only watched one Viking game this year. Right. <laughs> That's Just, not like, I mean, you have two have kids, kids and soon to be three. Like doing a lot of different things that right. watching sports is not priority number one. Yeah. Well, right. It's not a value of, hey, I want to be entertained by or disappointed by right. <laughs> the Vikings <laughs> on a weekly basis and let yeah. it ruin my week. I Get that <laughs> emotional attachment to it. <laughs> No, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm the same way where it's like I don't watch a lot of sports. Um, I, I understand why people do, um, but it's, I don't know. And, and people think because I played baseball in college. I have to like, watch sports or you, you have ha- to be informed on what's like, going yeah, on. Like, yeah, what do you think of the Twins move? I'm like, dude, I have no idea what's going on with the Twins. I couldn't name I do half like, of the people on the team probably. Yeah, but it's, it is good. In your respective sport, I think to keep like some sort of pulse on it, right? To have some sort of education because you can continue conversation with yeah. the person who's asking that, right? Kind of be a inch deep and a mile wide for yes. whatever topic it is that. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I just my, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Why do people? It's hard to sit down and watch an entire sporting event, especially with how many commercials and stops right. there are. Well. Football in particular, I can't watch. It's like, crazy. Football's ridiculous. Yeah, I've started. I have YouTube TV, and I can like flip through a game in twenty five minutes and watch every single play. Yeah, all the highlight plays. Not even like, all the highlights. Like every play, I'll just be like zip zip play zip zip. Ah, uh, you record it. Yeah, and watch it later. If I want to watch it, or I'm like, oh, this could be a good game, or yeah. this, I don't know, matters. But yeah, I will never sit down and watch a full football game. And have you been to a Vikings game? Like <laughs> I haven't this year. I've been to a few though. It's been yeah. a long time and I get the atmosphere and all that. But like when I've been at games, like it's so much sitting around and like nothing's going on. There's twelve minutes of action in a football game. Yeah. In a three and a half hour football game. That's why they sell you thirteen dollar beers. Right. Fifteen dollar beers. I think they are now. <laughs> they just want you to get loaded and scream. Right. But, yeah, it's like there's not a lot of action, um, especially in football. Yeah. And, the yeah, there's like one play that stands out mm-hmm. usually in each game, <laughs> if that. Some, yeah. I mean, Vikings games, there probably isn't even a play in yeah. a lot of them. Vikings, it's more like once a season. Yeah. <laughs> there's a huge play. Justin Jefferson makes that crazy catch for the first down last year. Right. Um, was that in the wild card game? 
think it was. And then I we think so. The Against the it. Bills? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And then you get hyped for the next week, and then they let you down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Or even the Twins. Very much considering dropping all my fantasy football leagues. Really? Because I just didn't pay attention to it enough this year. And if I'm going to be investing... I mean, and it's not even an investment, but, like, Spending if you're putting... Time. Six, seven hundred dollars towards something, yeah, and the payout at absolute max if you win every single league is mm-hmm. like three thousand dollars. <laughs> Life changing like, money, right? <laughs> think about how much time you're spending on that, thing yeah, that's not having any sort of right, it doesn't align with payout. right. I think if, if fantasy or football gets you together payout. with the group of friends that maybe you don't see as often, like. There is that, that connection is the, piece, that's the, and that's, that's why the piece people, that I hold on right. to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like my close groups of friends, they didn't really. I mean, there were a few that played fantasy, but ultimately, I was like, I had the same thought that you did. And I haven't played. Well, I might have played with. I had a work league last year, just uh, to share a be team a part with someone. Of it. No, I didn't. I did my own team, but okay. was it horrible? <laughs> Horrible fantasy football <laughs> didn't, year. Didn't know what you were doing. But I'm like, and I hadn't played for the last like five years, and that makes it tough. And I was just like, why am I doing this again? Like, I don't enjoy spending time setting lineups and being on my phone and caring about these games that don't really matter um, because there's one player on my team, sort of right. thing. It's amazing how much less you care about football once you stop playing fantasy. Like yeah. any game, like a Thursday night or a Monday night game, I'm like. Don't even think about it. I don't care who's playing. Like, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it kind of all goes back to, like, how do you want to spend your time? Um, Because that is the one thing that it's limited for all of us, and we don't know how much we have. you got to get good at spending your time Mm -hmm. wisely. Yeah. Because there is a limited amount for everybody. So you have to find time and make time. For everything that's mm-hmm. important to you, right? And if you're not making time for things that are important to you, then you're gonna <laughs> fall into a hole, right? And and ultimately, people will, if they have ten things to do in a day, like that they need to do, they're gonna get those ten things done, and they're gonna find the time to do it. If like they lay out the expectations, right? But if you have one thing a day, like yeah, you're gonna get that done, but you might take the entire day to do it because you essentially like expand <laughs> your time based on what you have to get done. Well, and yeah, that's and you probably see that as a parent, you're like <laughs> hey. Well, and think about that from like a leadership <clears throat> structure for mm-hmm. like large companies. Mm-hmm. Like you've heard Jeff Bezos say, if I can make 2 to 4 decisions a day, mm-hmm. that's a productive day. Right. Because they're High-level decisions that affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you have to put time into those decisions. Yeah. And you have to have evidence on why you're making those decisions. Right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and if you can simplify it like that, too. Um, have you, Are you familiar with the term decision fatigue? No. So it's essentially... I can't remember which book this is. Do you, have you read any Malcolm Gladwell? No. No. I don't read a whole lot of books. Okay. I don't think I read <laughs> one book last year. Okay. I have one book to read this year. It's called The Go-Giver. 
but that's the only one on my gotcha. List. Well, Malcolm Gladwell, he does a lot of like very interesting um, books. I'm trying to think of Outliers is probably his most famous one. Are they fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction, and it's kind of talking about a certain topic and how. Uh, so, for Outliers, for example, he talked about how like why do hockey players uh, like why are most of them born in the first three months of the year that make it to the NHL and his whole thought behind it and what's been studied. Is that like a real statistic? This is a real thing. If you look at a lot of NHL players, they're born January, February, March, kind of that first quarter of the year. But it's because if you're born, that's, that's when the cutoff date is. It's like the year. So for baseball, it was different for us. It was probably August, where you're the oldest one for baseball. Yeah. I was born in September. Like, if you are (laughs) just incrementally bigger or more physically developed, you get put on the better teams. Right. And then you get better coaches. And it's all And you have better competition. And it's all just like exponentially you're getting all these experiences which propel you to the level of the NHL. In this example, but he kind of goes through a lot of these, like, why is it this way? Or why are there so many NHL players um, who were born in January, February, or March? And he kind of like explores some of those hidden issues or like hidden things. There's like, it's kind of like Freakonomics. Yeah, the draft for the NHL is each year when you turn 18. So, like, this year would have been the 2005 draft. And there's only one time to get drafted. Mm -hmm. So if And when you're 18, you're not always fully developed. Right. So if you have six months, nine months, Mm -hmm. almost 12 months on someone, Mm -hmm. that's going to give you – that can give you a huge lead or separation. Right. I'm trying to think of where I was going with the Malcolm Gladwell, the reading. <laughs> we went off in tangents. <laughs> it's that easy happens, to do. That happens often. It's easy to I do. I do that all the time. I mean, I did it earlier in this. I like just forgot what I was trying to get to. Because you always have like a point in your mind, and then you veer in so many directions, you lose where the point was, and you're like, yeah, darn it. Dang it. What were we talking about? We Hopefully have to go back that one five later. different. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw the line out again. We'll catch something else. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Love the fishing analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I'm looking at this water. Yeah, you got all these the uh, artwork. All the artwork here. Yeah, it's the gallery wall. Okay. Who who picks out the uh, the artwork in your house? Both Amy and I. Okay. <clears throat> or their gifts. Oh. But we, um, when we travel, I think... Most of it has been out of country. I'm trying to think if any of these are in country, but when we travel out of country, we make sure to buy a piece of art. Gotcha. Nice. From like a local guy. Okay. That's cool. I feel like you guys have a lot of artwork. Yeah. That one's from Belize. That one's from Colombia. That one's from Sweden, Paris, Barcelona. Nice. Yeah. You guys travel a decent amount, don't you? What's a decent or you're, amount? You're well-traveled, where you've been to many different countries together. E, kind of. Been to Hawaii. We've been to Belize. We've been to a few different places in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mexico. Mexico was for someone's wedding. Yeah. Um, and Cabo. That was nuts. That was a week-long 
of just were you on the partying. columbia trip yeah okay yeah. yeah that was crazy yeah we did a whole podcast on it <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> i always i remember we were because i played softball with a bunch of those guys and it's like hey the whole team's gonna be gone we're all gonna be in columbia i, was I like, remember that sweet that night they were talking Canceled. about oh the kids are playing or whatever <laughs> we're supposed to be playing a softball game did you make sure to notify the administrator or whatever, the oh, yeah. league guy? Like the last second we're <laughs> forfeiting. <laughs> Can't find enough subs. Yeah. Softball is one of those things where uh, it's uh, just hard to quit, but I, it's it's one of those things where I do it because I like the guys that I do it with, but I don't like playing softball that much. You would have quit softball if baseball wasn't such a bad experience. Probably. If the Angels was a better experience, you would have quit softball and you would have played for the Angels. Probably. I enjoyed, like, I don't know. We were wide open at shortstop this last year. Were you really? Wide open. Did um, We had a high school kid playing. Really? Who was, he was 18. He was young. Okay. Um, You know, you can, he was like a small 18-year-old. Yeah. Um, He had talent for sure. He's going to develop in college, but... I mean, even in town ball, like you're playing against men. Yeah, you're playing right. against your 18 year old, 25 to 40 year olds that like have been <laughs> playing baseball their whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's good players in town ball. There's really good players. No, I was like, that's why it's so fun because it's still competitive. Yeah, and and that's where I, I'm looking for something to kind of have. You know, like we talked a little bit earlier about like sports and then not having sports. Like, is there? Like, what else can you continue to do in life? How else can you continue to fill your cup? Yeah, and, and get those, like, competitive juices flowing if you're a competitive person, like we both are. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife jokes about it all the time, like, how I'm competitive because she's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> I'm like, I'm... hey, I'm trying to get her into pickleball, and she's, like, a little hesitant at first, but we enjoy doing it now. I think but it's touched like... on that in the speech at your wedding. During the groom's dinner. Oh, yeah, I think you did. Your competitiveness. Yeah, I really liked your speech (laughs) at Toph's. Toph's I thought that was cool. He did not read off anything, but you could tell that he prepared that. Right. We had talked um, the previous week about doing speeches. And I was like, I'm for sure doing one. And he's like, I'm going to do one too. (laughs) I've been kind of thinking about it. He did a really good job. Like yeah. public speaking, I was very impressed. You guys both did. I feel like that was like such a cool, unique thing that I mean, when else do you like get to like share things like that with some of the closest friends? I know, and you just opened the floor. That was so awesome. Yeah, and and I can't I love that. I can't remember where we got that idea, but we kind of just opened it up to everybody at the um groom's dinner the night before and whoever wants to yeah, give a speech or right. talk, they yeah. do. And it was the perfect time to do it because mm-hmm. it was 30 people yeah, and they were all close to you. So they were all like um, intentional about listening. Yeah, right. Like it was easy to grasp everybody's attention where when you're talking in front of 150 or 200 yeah. people, it's people tougher. Are talking people are talking inside conversations everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah, that that same kind of format was at Jones's wedding. And what I was going to say is mm-hmm. in Sweden, mm-hmm. they do that same thing at the wedding. No kidding. Kind of an open so mic. Hey, would you like to speak about the 
Wow. There was like 20 speeches at this wedding, this Swedish wedding that was in Estonia. Where there was did, dances in the middle of where it. Where were you at a wedding in Estonia? Estonia. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. A Swedish wedding in Estonia. Who? <laughs> so we traveled from who, Sweden to Estonia. Who do you know? In, um... Amy's sister has a friend that was a foreign exchange student at oh, Osseo cool. Senior High. Okay. Yeah, and invited the whole family. That is so cool. Amy and I. Yeah. And we went. It was awesome. Swedes are fun people. Yeah. <laughs> Very down to earth. Scandinavian. Yeah. I mean, that's Minnesota roots. Yeah. I. So it was really easy to connect with people. It's so cool to like experience someone else's culture or way of life, like in a huge setting like that, where it's like, hey, this is. It was all a in Swedish. Right. They were all speaking Swedish, That's so, so cool. we didn't understand anything. <laughs> You're just like, uh-huh. You're yeah, smiling. But you, and... you get the vibe still, right? Like when everybody laughs or you kind of... <laughs> well, through... it's amazing how much you can pick up like with body language yeah, of, and how is. much communication is body language. Um, yeah, That's why I love, I love meeting with people in person. Like yeah. whenever it is, it's like you pick up on things and like you can adjust the conversation too. Like... If you were like super disinterested in something I'm saying on the podcast, you'd just be like stone face. But <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'd rather, Let's move on I'd to another topic. You. Hey, we're gonna stop cut right that part out. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> no, but like you pick up on those like subtle cues. Most of communication, I want to say it's like eighty percent is nonverbal. Yeah, it's funny. I say that on a lot of episodes. I'll be like, yeah, I'll cut that part. And I won't. Cut <laughs> then you it. never cut yeah, it. I yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that. You're like, yeah, we could probably cut that. Or yeah, like, cut that. Don't worry, I'll cut that. <laughs> no, nope, didn't cut it. <laughs> well, it is, I mean, I don't know. Would you Would you call it a performance at all? I don't think it's a performance. I really think that the we podcast? would have, if we took away these microphones and like in that setting you were talking about earlier where I just called you to come over and mm-hmm. hang out, Yeah, I think we would have... 99.9% of the conversation would be the same. Yeah. And I think it's the podcast makes it intentional where it's like, hey, we're sitting down and having a conversation. Yeah. And drives. we're going to do a podcast. But like, I think it encourages and makes it more intentional to like, hey, we're going to sit down and chat. Think but we could have this conversation. like Challenge each other. Tell each yeah. other new ideas. I think that's where ends. My wife, Sarah, like sometimes we'll just get into this like very deep conversation and it's like very reflective of like, oh, what are we currently doing or what did we learn from this church service or this Netflix documentary? And we like get into really deep conversation. I love that. And it's hard to like create that. And I think podcasting creates that Mm -hmm. and allows other people to kind of be a part of it, which is the cool part about it. Um, yeah, but it brings yeah, like, anyone into the conversation. Right. It's like we're hanging out with, you know, a hundred, couple hundred <laughs> extra other people right now. Right. Yeah, They're just might not be not participating this moment. in the conversation. Yeah, but yeah. it's a week from now. and <laughs> But in a way, it is public speaking. Mm-hmm. You just, I just don't even like to think about it. It's almost because I'm making it, a, you know, I do it. Once a week, one couple times a month. Sometimes mm-hmm. I take longer breaks, but mm-hmm. 
it's been a little less consistent, but that's because the episodes have been so long that I want to give people time to get through them before I put something else out. Yeah. Well, I know you had mentioned, or I don't know if you put it out on somewhere like, hey, what's the ideal podcast length yeah, or something? Yeah, I said, should or I like do two, two parts, parts if yes. I do a three-hour conversation? Yeah. I don't and know. actually, people voted. They'd no. rather have just one three-hour conversation. Right. Yeah, and you'll get to it when you get to it. Like Exactly. That's um, my thought. You can yeah. pause it. And... I don't think you need to, yeah, make it several different parts because people are just, they're going to listen to it when they go to the gym. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change the length of time that they're at the gym listening to it. <laughs> they're just going to stop listening to it when they're done with their workout and they go home and they'll pick it up the next time that they listen to it. So Or while they're working. I bet there's a lot of people that listen while they work. Yeah. I've never understood like how you can be productive and like <laughs> listen, I, I to, listen a to a podcast. Do you really? But a lot of... Your work's very... Well, I'm doing so much yeah. tech and mm-hmm. operations that it's almost second nature at this point yeah where it's i don't really i can listen and just my hands are on autopilot gotcha they just know where to go interesting <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing the job for almost seven years now yeah so and it's the same job that way right. i start it's i've excelled obviously and i'm in mm-hmm. a different position but nuts and bolts it's the same job yeah is that something where it's like you've been doing it for so long and it's like kind of I don't want to say boring, but maybe boring. Yeah, for sure. Where it's like, and if you're good at it and like you've gotten to a level, like you obviously want to keep that and you're not like going to throw it away because you know how hard it was to, to get, build it up to right. that level. But now that you're kind of at a good spot and it <laughs> is monotonous and boring, like that's curious fact. where you want to. <laughs> that's a fact. No. Yeah. And like, could I spice things up by prospecting more and doing other things? Yes. But that takes away from where my focus needs yeah, to be, where 99% of my business is. Mm-hmm. And if something comes up that takes me away from my nuts and bolts, yeah, I don't, I don't want any outside things to affect right. my core. If it's not broke, don't fix it and... And especially for like a small amount of possible new business, yeah. like something that wouldn't really change my wouldn't move the needle and yeah, enough. well right. Like if I'm only making, you know, an extra hundred bucks a month, it's not gonna be <laughs> yeah something where I'm like I'm gonna really really grind and possibly, you know, put this other thing to the side. Yeah, I guess with that is. Are there huge opportunities out there where if you like, and that's another. Does it thing happen as much in your industry? Huge opportunities at, like the point where I'm at, present themselves to me. Yeah, where it's yeah. I because mean, once you have, I have it, an established name, and I have established partners that I work with, mm-hmm. that people know that yeah. I'm a trustworthy person that they can come to and connect. Yep. Um, partners with customers or carriers gotcha. with customers. Yep. Um, so once you build your reputation or your portfolio, mm-hmm. then the business starts coming to you. Yeah. And, yeah. and that I'll entertain always because, I mean, that's a great way to gain new business. Right. When they're coming to you asking for business, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. The same way in wealth management where if you have clients, you know, they'll refer you out and say, hey, Logan did a great job for me. You should meet my friend. Or they had a question and 
I thought of you because you do a good job and you're mm-hmm. honest and you're trustworthy and you have integrity. Like, yeah. And you yeah, pick up the phone when I call. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big and thing you, too. Right. And yeah, not as, I mean, it's important to pick up the phone or like I have follow a policy. Or, yeah. yeah. I try to at least follow up within 24 hours, if not the same day. Kind of depends when it is. If it's like someone and calling it depends me at on the format 630 the, uh, or 7 p.m., I'm not going to call them back that night. Right. Um, I kind of like to set those boundaries. and Or if it's an email <laughs> at like late at night or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, most of the time it's like that can wait. Yeah. Um, it's very rare where like anything in my business has to be done immediately where, (laughs) and I'm not like stock picking and like, oh my gosh, let's investing is boring and it's long term and it's consistent. And like people like to talk about the big, the big winners of this year or the next great stock, but it's, it's super, (laughs) should be super boring. Time that's the in way the to market be... always beats timing the market. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think you've told me that. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> and I think that's something that I've recycled and probably told other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm claiming that, it's my yeah. own. Yep. I'm saying it no, I, that's probably not even something that I came up with. I mean, know. it's <laughs> probably a Warren Buffett thing that we all have kind of held on to. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is kind of boring and yeah you just got to be consistent but i i totally relate with you where it's the business that you you're getting comes from referrals at a certain point and so if you work a boring job you have to be intentional on not becoming a boring person maybe i think ultimately what your job should be um and i mean i made the switch about two years ago from accounting to financial advising and the big thing for me that prompted me to make the switch was, well, one, wanting to do financial, meaningful work. Uh, financial repercussions. You can make much more money as a financial advisor. You can, but you're not going to for a while. Maybe yeah, three to seven years potentially. But where, in accounting, you have like a path. Yeah. It's a very yeah, structured big for accounting. It's very structured. The longer you stay there, the more you're going to get promoted, the more you're going to make, mm-hmm. the more responsibility that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, they might say, hey, we don't think you're going to make it to the next level. You should find some other employment. Right. <laughs> um, but the meaningful work piece was important to me. And then also I thought of how meaningful do I want to work s- as in like serving your clients, yeah. the correct information. And, and, yeah, to, and I was in an audit role. So, you know, my clients were big companies, Fortune 500 companies or companies within the Twin Cities. That and are, you're going and auditing and looking at all their numbers? You know, not all the numbers. I mean, it's, it's ultimately, I kind of simplify it in two ways. One, you're making sure the financial statements are materially accurate by doing testing. Um and then you're opining on that and saying, in our opinion, these are materially stated correctly. Those aren't the right terms, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. And then you're looking at the internal controls that the organization has in place. And that could be, hey, are they reconciling their bank accounts? Are they reviewing their financial statements? And overall, all those controls that a company have in place help them make sure that the financial statements are 
materially correct, where there's checks and balances and people that are... And when you say that, does that just mean that there's certain percentages in each subgroup of finances, say like your accounts receivable, your accounts payable, your... Right. Yeah, let's say for for C.H. Robinson, like what are the biggest things on the balance sheet? We're looking at those. And do these make sense? Right. Or you're doing a sample. Does this loss make sense? Right, yeah. If you're seeing a huge increase in like the cost of goods sold of a company. What drove this? Maybe it was inflation. Maybe they were passing that on to customers. And that could all kind of be a way that you get an expectation of what a certain balance should be and kind of test it. So that's very high level of what I was doing. Seems but, almost like insider information. Like you could probably make. Oh yeah. You could manipulate stock um, markets or economies with that sort of information with Fortune 500. Well, you get a lot of insider information being an auditor. Like, and I feel like CPAs are held to an extremely high standard and a ethical standard where yeah. they can't. And ultimately, that. like if <laughs> you share insider information like you could go to prison for that like mm-hmm. so martha stewart yeah well <laughs> isn't that what she yeah, she, embezzlement she, i think she got some insider information and then traded on it potentially yeah uh, it unknowingly point. but uh, it happens and i feel like in that role you get access to financial statements before they go out to the general public so you could know hey are they meeting their earnings expectations how is wall street going to react to it and you could trade on that information theoretically, but I mean, you're gonna get caught. <laughs> and um, so that's and that relationship as an auditor, it's a very hard professional services relationship where it's my contacts at that company who are in charge of the financial reporting. They didn't want. They to have talk a job. They have yeah. a they have a full time job, and I'm asking them questions and that they needing information that. Right is an addition to their job, but yeah. it's part of their role. Um, but, but, but you're yeah. a bit of a burden. Yeah, and it's and it's a great place to start, I think. And I'm I'm glad I went into accounting. I, it's the language of business. I understand it. It's allowed me to get to where I am today. But yeah, I, I, you almost feel like a cog in the wheel um, at times where, hey, is the work that I'm really doing ultimately make an impact to the organization or the people around me. And I think I love the people that I work with. So that kept me around probably longer than (laughs) otherwise would have. Do business with people you love. Yeah. But I was like, how can I spend more of my time connecting, mentoring, and coaching people using my financial background to do that and making a real difference in their life? And I was like, financial advising is that. Where it's mm. sitting down with people, I have this understanding, and I can put it in layman's terms and help educate them, and bring them to understand enough to know that we're doing the right thing for them. Right. Um, so yeah. that's what I love about it, and it's if I could spend my entire day meeting with clients or talking with clients, and part of me likes the analytical piece where it's like, hey, let's look at doing this. spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put this Excel spreadsheet together (laughs) and figure what... (laughs) You can whip out some good spreadsheets. Oh, yeah. And I got really quick with it. Yeah, you're very quick. When we were looking at real estate, you were super quick with the finances. And it's good to put that stuff in perspective. I Mm -hmm. probably don't do that enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I track 
my net, I mean, before I even started in the industry, like I tracked my net worth in like every single account and would like look at that on a monthly or quarterly basis and make sure it's trending in the right direction, even for for myself. But I was just always interested in personal finance and yeah, my current role is just allowing me to kind of do all that. And yeah, some days I'm probably in my computer and not connecting with as many people as I'd like, but I think over time I'll be able to build it where I can spend time where I want to. Do you like charge a fee per year for your clients or how does it? Yeah, the way I charge uh, or the way I'm compensated is it's an advice fee and that's based on the assets under management at my company. Right. So um, let's say it's a million dollars, a 1% fee be ten thousand dollars a year that they're charged so that's the commission of if you will or the revenue mm-hmm. that i generate for the firm um, yeah but hopefully that money is making much more than one percent exactly well and it's like and the it's value going to if yeah it's at that and there's so yeah. many studies like the value of an advisor is like far exceeds one percent absolutely um and it's you're not just finding investments for people I think that's kind of what it used to be. And it used to be a lot of like, um, hey, you buying stocks today? Like, I'll sell you the stock. I'll make a commission on the sale. You're just a broker. And you're finding people who are buying and selling stocks, and you're making a little cut on it. So that's kind of what it... the a Wall Street broker in a boiler room. That's your wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to make a 50% commission selling this penny stock. Like, that's kind of what it used to be and it's kind of transitioned into you're a trusted advisor providing advice and also aligning um aligning the interests of the advisor with the client where there's no conflict of interest if hey i want my client's money to grow just as much as as they do um yeah so because i mean not everyone's the same and some clients could drop you pretty quick right i mean people just find someone to blame unfortunately that's you know and if you're juggling people's finances and they lose money one year that could scare some people right but obviously you know your job is to get out in front of that and Mm -hmm. you know educate them around that right situation well and just say hey there may be some ups and downs in this relationship but ultimately when you get your money, it's going to be more than when you gave it to me. Right. Exactly. A lot more. Yeah. And I'm going to be worth the fee there. that I charge and then some. Yeah. And you're really going to meet all your financial goals. I think that's the piece that's really important and what I love about it. It's not just, it's not all about performance. It's about managing risk. It's mm-hmm. about saving for college or transferring wealth from one generation to the next. I feel like that there's so much out there and like so many little intricacies with tax law Mm -hmm. as well with the transfer of assets and what's the best best way to pass along wealth if you want to leave money to your kids or if you want to spend the last dollar that you have on the last day of your life like (laughs) those are the two sides of the coin and um that's the ultimate goal right is to die with zero (laughs) dollars I mean, have your kids on the right be. path and die with zero. Well, yeah, and if you set your kids up to um, be fine on their own and 
you know, they're going to work hard and, and make it on their own. I mean, oftentimes when people are living to 90, like <laughs> sometimes their kids are 65, 70. Yeah. Like they've already had their entire work life. Um, they retired. So yeah. <laughs> they never needed your money anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's so interesting to just see the different types of people. And I mean, I, mean, I work with anyone from 21 years old trying to like start out their journey and invest mm-hmm. and start early and often versus people that are in their nineties and mm-hmm. you know, it's they've a totally different strategy. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear some of the, the conversations with the older, older folks who are kind of in the buy bonds and CDs. Well, not even investment strategies. I think one of the, one of the clients I had, um, she was just talking about, Hey, like time is the most important thing it's precious like <laughs> and money like she doesn't really care about having money at the end and it's not not the most important thing no, and and but i think we is. need to realize that that it's not the most important thing earlier and like working all day isn't the most important thing cuz people at the end of their life are saying i wish i was healthier i wish i would have taken care of my body more i wish i would have um had and maintained and built these great relationships with people. Um, Cause I think ultimately like that is what makes you happy in life. It's having great relationships with people and maintaining those. Um, yeah. And, and building new ones. I think it's not, it's not all about money. <laughs> definitely not all about money. Yeah. Money definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> Ease some tension yeah and there's certain studies that money provides happiness up to a certain point Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't it doesn't correlate but then you plateau right yeah money has yeah plateau i mean elon musk you think about like that guy and how much money he had like you know unlimited amounts of money he can Mm -hmm. do whatever he wants he could put a helicopter pad in his house if he wants yeah like some real tony stark stuff (laughs) (laughs) He probably will, um, but <laughs> I don't know. That would probably make me pretty freaking, like, that would be pretty cool if a helicopter landed on your roof. I don't know. I think it's cool, but, like, it going back to, like, the intrinsic and versus extrinsic motivation. Think like, about how why much do you more want... you could accomplish well, and how much quicker you could get from place to place. Yeah. Well, just... I get that, and I think, I mean, that's why a lot of the really? billionaires in New York, like, flying from the Hamptons or whatnot. But, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't even matter the money that it costs to do that. They're thinking, hey, can I save an hour of time, 30 minutes of time? Like, time is I'm going to do that. So You learn that really quick. Yeah. That's why, like, a lot of the, a lot of people that are hard DIYers, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. For me, it's just, I don't want that task to take away from the time that I can have with my kids right. or my wife. Yeah. And I feel like unless I'm doing it with them, right. Yeah. And it's like a fun task and, and you're and teaching and learning. Right. Or if it's something three, you enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your kids at three aren't going to remember anything. Sorry. No. <laughs> like sometimes I'll give them a hammer in our back room or whatever and just have them pound on wood. But. <laughs> Here, do something yeah. productive. No, I well, think, yeah, that exactly. is something that I've thought about because I, 
I kind of enjoy doing the DIY stuff to a certain extent. But at some extent, the project never gets done, too. Well, yeah. If you hire it out, Don't talk it gets to done. Sarah about this. <laughs> yeah. Are you the king of 90%? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You get 100 projects done, 90%, yeah. and you f- don't put the cap on the fireplace or... <laughs> I think I saw like the gas line. <laughs> I think I saw some like Instagram reel. It's like, yep, we're the king of ninety percent. Where it's like, you paint the entire wall, but you still need to touch up like a few spots or like. Amy <laughs> did that. I'm like over here above, it's still white. Yep, it's very noticeable. And behind the TV, it's still white, and the rest of the walls are gray. Yeah, I think there's a few things in our house where it's like, yeah, we're ninety nine percent of the way there. We're actually like, in but the, the toilet doesn't flush. <laughs> the most important thing doesn't work. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, we're. Whenever you buy a house, you're always doing projects, and uh, it's, it's I mean, stuff. you always can get sucked into the projects. I think. Yeah. Um, I love the yard work. Like the yard work is actually seeing progress in yards mm-hmm. is amazing. Right. And seeing like grass grow. Right. And Mowing the lawn is the most underappreciated thing that <laughs> I look forward that to. I it. do. Yeah. I love it, but then I'm like, Sarah, did you notice that I mowed the lawn? She's like, <laughs> Yeah. And she'll like lie to me. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it takes a lot of time to do it. Um, it looks really good when it's done. It looks well, so it good. Looks terrible when you just. Let it neglect grow. it. <laughs> yeah, it really does. But yeah, I enjoy it too. I think it's one of those things where I can throw in headphones and I mean, I feel like I listen to your podcast a decent amount when I'm mowing the lawn and yeah, um, yeah, you can kind of just zone out with what you're doing. I, and I think it's almost. Are you familiar with the term like flow state? I feel like you probably heard. Yeah, that, where yeah. it's like it's just. Everything's the right working, amount where you're in the and moment. And you're not even thinking yeah. about anything. Right. It's not like you don't have enough to do or you have way too much to do. It's that perfect amount. Yeah. And you can live in the moment. And I yeah. think that's something that I... <laughs> it's an amazing I, thing. And when you reflect, like, what are some of those things in life where you truly live in the moment and you're in that flow state? I feel like when we were in college, like, playing baseball, yeah, you get in the zone and the moment. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest thing. And, like... But, yeah, I'm trying to find, like, those other – I feel like podcasting and doing this podcast for you is Being very in the moment, yeah. Yeah, in the moment. Very much flow state. You're not thinking about, oh, is Wrigley out of bed right now? Yeah, I mean, you might be because (laughs) (laughs) because you're a good dad. But (laughs) Well, if I heard footsteps, then my mind would probably go there. But, no, I'm not thinking about that at all. (laughs) Right, not until I put it in your head. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't stop. I'll check the monitor. (laughs) But, yeah, like – are there other things in your life that you feel like you're in that flow state and in the moment and you almost get lost? I guess do you still get that with in baseball, pitching and baseball? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And workouts, mm-hmm. I would say, um, especially runs. Mm-hmm. I love running because you just you hit that stride and it just feels good. Have you and always just, been a runner? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. but Yeah. No, you're good. I've probably interrupted you all the times already. <laughs> Sometimes that's just how conversation works. Have you? So you've I've never ran been... a marathon. I usually go anywhere from, I'll say two miles. I rarely ever just go two, but okay. two to like eight miles. Okay, that's your sweet spot. That's my sweet if you spot. Will. Yeah. Okay. If I'm gonna push it, I'll go eight. If a normal day, I'll probably go about three and a half. 
Okay. Two would be just I only had 20 15 minutes, minutes or, 20 yeah, minutes, yeah. Gotcha. And, yeah, needed to get something quick in and yeah, better something rather than nothing, you know. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I feel like, yeah, do you have any desire to run a marathon? Or yes. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Especially, I think it's part of this, you know, no drinking thing is kind of motivating me to really get in the gym and, like, mm-hmm. work on, you know, being healthy. And the sauna, too. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big pusher on a lot of this, too, a lot of this change that I'm, you know, putting into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was talking to my boss or my manager about this this last week, and he was talking about how he's doing a half marathon. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I'd want to run a half yeah. marathon. Why not? I don't want to halfway do yeah. a marathon. I'd be half. A half marathon is just like you halfway did a marathon. I'd be half proud of you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And that's what I've I would, heard that's that what, joke. That's what I would expect. <laughs> but I mean, if that's like the next step, though, like if you've never done a half, like do a half. I'll see what yeah, it is. Yeah, half on my own for sure. <laughs> I don't Not think I'll ever participate. Pay money to do a half yeah. marathon. <laughs> Even a marathon. Like I feel like that's something... Maybe I'll set up a marathon at some point, do a Bauer Hour Marathon. Bauer Hour Marathon. Get as many guys as I possibly can that want to run a marathon yeah. and do it. Imagine if we had 40 <laughs> guys or, and girls running a marathon and I just gave like 10 months heads up. Yeah. Um, <coughs> don't have to race, but we all run a marathon together. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool. doable thing. Yeah. Um, Not like official. A little, like just, a little event. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely do that. And That's a great idea. <laughs> I've thought about starting like a running club before I got the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I should do some sort of running club where I just tell people to meet at my house at yeah. 6 a.m. on Wednesdays and well, we run for an hour. Yeah, that reminds me of, so for your working out, do you do it? completely on your own like you never meet up with anybody else to do it yeah completely do it on my own yeah yeah do you enjoy that or would you like and that's a great question i've been doing it on my own for so long now that i think i'm used to it Mm -hmm. but it's kind of your time yeah i do like working out with people and bouncing ideas off each other and like Mm -hmm. doing different workouts because i do find myself doing the same workouts yeah or it's like hey i'm gonna do the same thing at the gym that i usually do yeah, um, and that's that's why I started the boxing too, is because I wanted to different. switch up my yeah. workouts. No, I feel like I've thought about that with running. Like sometimes it's hard to just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go for a run on my own." Um, but if you schedule a run with a friend and say, "Hey, we're gonna run Saturday morning, 9 a.m.," you're not gonna miss that run. No, you are gonna. <laughs> You were going to do that run. You're getting that run done. And no matter how horrible you feel, well, I mean, if you're really sick, like, you're not going <laughs> to yeah. be like, hey, let's reschedule. But yeah. <laughs> like, there's no excuse to cancel. Right, because it's on the schedule. And I'm wondering, like, and I like to go to the gym. I like to go shoot hoops by myself or lift a little bit or do a stair climber or whatever it is, like, to just get a little workout in. I don't lift a, a whole lot anymore. Not heavy weights, but yeah, I do a lot of body weight stuff. Like I said, yeah. I do pull ups. Yep. Like almost every time I go, um, and you get better at pull ups yeah. as you do them. But like I enjoy that. But I think I could be more consistent. Or even if I did a, a class where it's like, hey, we're gonna do a six week little class. Yeah, and even doing it, even doing that once a week helps. I think your other mm-hmm. workouts. Have you um, have you heard of the exercise coach? 
Um, I've heard of it's a new an well, exercise well, <laughs> coach everywhere. On Instagram. I've heard of an ex. Yeah, <laughs> no the the exercise coach, excuse me, is a company. Um, their whole thing is using technology and um, resistance, essentially. And their whole shtick is two 20-minute workouts a week will help with your strength training. And you can, like, measure how you're increasing your strength. And that's kind of all you need to build muscle to um, prevent your bone density to get from, the results that you want to see. Yeah. yeah. And people are seeing results with two 20 minute workouts. And it's like, you just go really hard for 20 minutes on this machine doing a handful of Non-stop. workouts. Yeah. Like four minutes of like, and I think the machine like, res, I mean, it's kind of resists, push, pull, but you're squat. like supposed to, <laughs> and kind of talking about the flow state. I think there's like a computer screen in front of you. That's like, this kinda is like the, the amount. Tonal? Um, the that machine that? with the mirror and it has like the armbands or the bands connected to it. I mean, kind of. I think you can do a bunch of different workouts, but okay. you have the screen to show you like how much effort you should be okay. working to do or hmm. like to get it into this. I've never done it. I had a coworker who did it, and I mean, he had a lot of great things to say about it. And you like get really good workouts in twenty minutes, and you know the the niche that they're kind of looking to. <laughs> meet is those people that say hey i don't have time to work out uh i still want the benefits of exercise and strength training two 20-minute sessions it's pretty it's relatively expensive i mean it's your typical nice gym membership cost for those two sessions a week what would you say your goal is with i guess health and fitness is mm -hmm. it like to get stronger is it to just you know, fill that exercise void? Is it lose yeah. weight? You know, Does it maintain? You know, I don't... And I think a lot of... I, I don't think a lot of people necessarily know the answer to mm-hmm. this question. They're kind of lost when they go to the gym and they're yeah. like, uh, I could use some more muscle, but I could also, like, shed a couple pounds. Right. It's kind of interesting that you said... I feel like I've always kind of a little bit struggled with... Well, not my weight necessarily, but just like my body image, maybe. Sure. I feel like when I was a kid, I was like scrawny and like this bird chest, like weird. And then I, I got really like I lifted a lot and yeah. I took a lot of protein. And like in high school, I was pretty, Cut I wouldn't say big, but like. Stocky. Yeah. Strong. And I feel like genetically, like my family's a little stockier. For sure. Um, just like these tree trunk legs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, I've always thought like, oh, I could lose a little weight or this and that. I think now I've kind of shifted my mindset to like, I want to feel better and have a better quality of life. And it's not necessarily living longer or having more muscle or like being stronger just for the, being, for the sake of being stronger or looking physically attractive. Like, I don't think those all seem to be like extrinsic things that physically, <laughs> society yeah, has kind of told look physically attractive though. You like do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you you're not going to let yourself. Your right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 you sure do. You're not going to let yourself go, but, yeah. um, but like just being ripped just so people are like, Oh man, he's ripped. Like that's not 
something that motivates me. It's not necessarily your goal. Yeah, and more so, yeah, I've kind of shifted my mindset to, like, I want to feel better. I want to have more energy. I want this to, like, positively impact every single area of my life, and that's why I do it. Mentally and And it should be something that I enjoy doing, too. So that's you want to do. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with working out. And quite honestly, for the last year and a half, two years, I haven't been very consistent with much of anything. Um, but yeah, I feel like I hate to be a, like a resolutioner, but like I want to feel better and yeah. get in shape. And I think, well, I don't know if turning 30 um, <laughs> changed anything. I feel like it kind of did where it's like, hey, um, I've read some research that like by the time you're 34, you're kind of like set in your ways for like lifestyle. Um, break that curse. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, well, you better get great habits in before that age so that that is kind of what you do for the rest of yeah, your life. Cause I think, yeah. Cause like if you didn't do anything, if you didn't really work out at all at age 34, you're, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but the likelihood of kind of really making some positive lifestyle choices kind of goes down after that age <laughs> do you fast at all you know <laughs> i used to do a little bit of intermittent fasting i don't like intentionally fast i feel like some days i'll have breakfast i try to have breakfast every day or at least something now um i feel like this week's been weird where i just work through lunch and don't really have lunch and then i Hit dinner. I mean, two meals a day is enough. It is. It can be. Um, if you're working, I don't know how I feel. And this actually, yeah, we had a. I fast every day for eighteen hours. Eighteen. Six six at night to noon the next day. I have a banana in the morning. Wow. With a banana. Okay. And in the last like nine months. I think I'm down. I was 186 pounds today. Okay. I think I was like Dang. 203. Thin. Yeah. But it's like a good weight. Yeah. I feel good. I feel more energized. I feel strong. Yep. Um, Are you? Um, but if anyone's listening and they're trying to lose weight, fasting does help. Mm-hmm. Rupee has lost, I want to say, 40 or 50 pounds. Dang. He's 230, and I think that he is down to like 175. Oh, dang. I feel like I saw but a picture of But he's a little and... extreme. <laughs> he fasts until he has one meal a day, okay. and it's at night. Okay. So he hmm. eats at like 6 p.m. Interesting. And just eats as much and whatever he wants. I need to reach out to him. He's. I feel like I haven't gotten together with him in a while. We would hit the golf simulator every once in a while. Well, he's probably listening, so yeah. maybe he'll reach out to you. <laughs> <laughs> This is <laughs> this is the bat signal. <laughs> yeah, Call me. I'll tank. I gotta get Rupee on here at some point. Yeah, he'd get be great. His doctor skills or his prescription <laughs> skills. His on pharmacy there. skills. Yeah. No, I feel like Rupee's a very intellectually curious guy. Very much. And loves talking about this kind of stuff. Well, so he think, likes talking about anything. Yeah. He's just good at maintaining conversation, mm-hmm. and like, like you said, it's. About being interested, not interesting. Right. Yeah. And he's definitely someone who's intentional on being interested. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and I feel like a lot of a lot of the people that I try to surround myself with are that way. Yeah. They're just curious people. Yeah. Have you um there's a new are you a big like Netflix guy? Do you watch shows? Do you even have time with I watched Painkiller. Okay. Um and what else did I watch? Speaking watched quarterback. Quarterback, okay. Right. Um speaking of like diet Sarah and I just watched, it's called You Are What You Eat, mm. and they do a twin study. Like, a, Have you heard of like the Stanford twin studies? No. Where they essentially have identical twins with the same um, genes. And same everything. genes, yeah. yeah, same DNA, essentially. And they run tests and exper- experiments on them. The Netflix series that they just did, they, you know, they had them do one person did a vegan diet and the other did an omnivore diet and they did like a weight training and a workout program and they looked at what was the lean uh or what was the muscle mass that you gained or lost what was the fat that you gained or lost they did a bunch of different tests essentially to kind of really see hey does a plant-based vegan diet is it better for you than um omnivore diet eating meat and it was kind of eye-opening. What and, did it say? What was the conclusion? Well, the vegan-based diet and the plant-based diet's better for you. And there's and how long of a period of time? They only did it for eight weeks, and they okay. saw differences. Um, and I yeah, think... I wonder if that could change on a longer experiment, though. Oh, definitely good. Because well, that sample size is really small, and that's well, really short-term. Oh, eight change week, in the other in direction? Week, where an uh, eight-week study? Just isn't that amount of time. Like, if it starts right. out and... That significant, it makes a significant change in that amount of time. Yeah, and then it really plateaus or falls off. Potentially, I think. Um, but it's interesting. A lot of what the the series goes through Are you is vegan now, dude. It's made me seriously consider changing my diet yeah. or like reducing the amount of meat. I think, and I feel like there's a few other documentaries that go through like fish production and like fish farms Dude, and like yeah and how that's just like how makes stuff is made is disgusting right <laughs> when they go through this chicken farm and it's like these chickens are like on top of each other and they're diseased and they're not living a great life before they're killed and slaughtered and put into the stores and then one of the craziest things is that they <laughs> tested chicken essentially in a grocery store mm-hmm. and one in five chicken breast things in a grocery store sold has, uh, I want to say it was E. coli. One in five. One in five. Wow. And it's one of the, like, things where you're still allowed to sell it with bacteria because that is natural. But Checks all the other boxes. You should watch it. Let me know what you think. It really... What's it called? You are what you eat. You it's one of the top things eating. on Netflix right okay. now. Um, and not that, like, it just really makes you think. And I think that's the important part. Mm. Um, and my brother has kind of, he's had his own little um, unique journey. Yeah, unique diet. I would say he eats, the only meat that he really eats is like good fish or venison. Mm. He doesn't really eat other meats. Um, but yeah, I Andy think diet is so when I, when we first started dating, was she really yeah. no kidding? So I did it with her a little bit. Okay. Um, 
I don't know if I noticed like a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe like said that I did or convinced myself that I did, <laughs> but I, I don't necessarily look back and remember yeah. being like, oh, vegan was you right. know, really life changing for me. I obviously didn't stick to it. I mm-hmm. eat meat now, mm-hmm. but it's not like lately I've been very intentional about not overindulging just mm-hmm. anything like mm-hmm. food or yeah. snacks. Except for water, I probably drink. I drink a ton of water. <laughs> it's a uh, good thing to flush overindulge. Your system. Yeah, you have to flush your system. And yeah, the sauna, it's a reset, right? It resets mm-hmm. your body. It gets your circadian rhythm mm-hmm. level. Yeah. It helps you think clearer. And that's ultimately what we want to do. You want to be able to think as clear as possible. Yeah. And I, I'm going back to alcohol now, and it's like... You just, you think that you're, you think that you're thinking clear and you think that you have confidence, Mm -hmm. but it's so short term, mm -hmm. um, that it just, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It just creates more anxiety and depression. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's a depressant. Right. Yeah. It is a, I, I, I know a lot of people that don't drink and like, they don't need it. Right. And you're just like, yeah, we just don't drink. Yeah. I've Our had neighbors, some. They don't have a problem with it at all. It's right. It's just they just don't do it. Yeah. Because that's what fits their lifestyle. Right. They have friends that drink. And, and my, I think that's uh, the cool. My, my brother-in-law was a, um, an alcoholic, and he hasn't drank in probably two or three years now, and I have never seen him in a better state. Mm-hmm. Since yep. I've known him, and I've probably known him for 10 years. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend who, um, you know, checked himself into rehab, and um, he Do said it was... Him? No, okay. you don't. It's... um, But, yeah, he, you know, he would drink. He would do a few other things. Um, but he's like, it's the best decision I've ever made, and, you know, fortunately for him... He has the ability to do so from a financial perspective, so to say. But it's cool when people do that and they like, I don't know. You see the change. Yeah. And And it's like them wanting to better their life and realizing it's not going to come from a substance. Yeah. And I think people need to know that it's okay to not drink. Right. There is a book. Um, it's becoming socially acceptable. Yeah. You should read. I mean, I know you're already kind of giving up alcohol, but you should read. It's Alan Carr's um, How to Stop Drinking. Hmm. And it literally I goes like I through. I don't need that, though. Like, I, I don't I've think you do, but I think. convinced myself enough. <laughs> well, I think it's. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you don't read, so. <laughs> you, you just continue. Like, the more and more that you think about it and the longer that you go, you just continue to convince yourself that you just mm-hmm. don't need it. Yeah, I, I think the book is cool, and I, I got the book from, do you know Nikki Glaser, the comedian? Yeah. She was on Joe Rogan one yeah. time. She talked about this book, okay. and she was like, she stopped drinking, and it goes through, and I've read part of it just because I was curious. I'm like, oh, like, what does the book say? And I don't know. I'm curious to learn more about new things, um, but it kind of goes through all the reasons of, like, <laughs> here's what you think is true about drinking here's why that's not true and it like any objection that you have for 
not drinking um, or, or for continuing to drink, it answers that with like science or reasoning. Yeah. And Andrew Huberman says, um, obviously zero drinks is best, but at a maximum you should, should be like one to two drinks a week. Okay. If yeah. You're, if you're going over one to two drinks a week, you're damaging your body. Mm-hmm. Right. And how many people like I think about the last 12 years of my life (laughs) and I really did some damage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's socially acceptable to binge drink in college and, and then it is again after college too, unfortunately. Yeah. Those Um, like first few post-grad years. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and like bachelor parties are a perfect example. Like it's kind (laughs) of the expectation. Yeah. Well, drink and so party, yeah. did you ever end up having a bachelor party? One, yes, I did. Okay. Um, it was, I wasn't doing anything one day. I hopped on a FaceTime call with Nick Jones, Chris Howerton, and Will Marzoff. Mm-hmm. They weren't, none of them were doing anything. And <laughs> it's rare. <laughs> yeah, we were talking for probably... 45 minutes of just what should we do to like, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to get together? Do we want to do a fire? Do we want to go somewhere? And another time, probably a year prior, Nick Jones and I were about to go to Vegas Mm -hmm. on a whim for his birthday. Um, and we never pulled trigger on it. And we always looked back and we were like, we should have pulled trigger on that. Should have just gone (laughs) to Vegas. So, Oh, you just did a little impromptu Vegas. I started the conversation. I was like, let's go to Vegas tonight. Yeah. And we looked at tickets. Tomorrow. They were a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And we flew out to Vegas at like 7 or 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. A couple hours later. And then uh, flew home at like 5 or 6 in the morning. Didn't even get a hotel room. Stayed up all night. Went to the airport. Whoa. Fell asleep at the airport. And then got up for the plane ride. <laughs> that's <laughs> wild. That's yeah. cool, though. I feel like that's something that like... Very spontaneous. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I feel like... Yeah, for my bachelor party, I I mean, I had it up at a cabin up north. Wasn't that um, at your cabin? Wasn't at my cabin. I uh, wanted to make sure it was not at my cabin. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, you know, we we had some beverages, but, like, mm. we weren't crazy. And I wanted yeah, to have enough activities really where it was like, hey, I just want to hang out with, like, the people I love and the friends that have been with me for my entire life and that are right. going to be with me for yeah i hear a baby crying up there yeah is that really I, <laughs> I know that i had something that weekend yeah you did because you couldn't when, make when it. Was it oh man it was um it was like a maybe a september or october um that of 20 okay i think so because i remember like we golfed it was kind of 2022 it was 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Lula was born October okay. 2nd. Yeah. So it must have been during that time yeah. where you're, yeah, got another kid. Well, <laughs> you don't know when the baby's going to come. So that last month, like, you, right. I'm you're not going to be three hours away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have a helicopter. And I'm a helicopter. The <laughs> <laughs> long ways from a helicopter. <laughs> but yeah, it was so a lot of pretty low key. Sweatshirts and hats to the <laughs> helicopter. You're not going to be doing it through the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh man, that is true. 
but merch is also not merch is a start you mm-hmm. know merch is definitely getting the logo out there getting the brand out there and starting to get a little bit more of brand recognition it's taking a right it's taking a step in the right direction for yeah. me or that's what i look at it as mm-hmm. um and i don't know who knows where it'll go yeah like i can veer in any direction that i want it's the, the fun pl- part about it the cool thing about it is it's a it's a platform where i'm just encouraging conversation yeah I think that's what you're all about is bringing people together, connecting people, and, yeah, the rest will kind of... (laughs) Play itself out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fun. Lula probably lost a nookie or something. That's what she cries (laughs) about up there. Yeah, how long have we been doing this for? About two hours. Should we shut her down? We might have to. You got any closing words? No closing words. Just keep doing what you're doing really enjoy listening to the podcast i love how you bring people together and connect people and yeah continue to do things that you love think about what you value and spend your time and money and energy doing that and the rest will kind of work itself out and i appreciate the feedback from Mm -hmm. you and i want you to be as real as you always can be with feedback Mm -hmm. and like suggestions and anything because it really does help. Yeah. And I know that because I think one of the reasons that one of my friends owns UNRL, mm-hmm. which is a big Unreal. Yep. clothing company yep. um, in Minnesota. I mean, like, they're massive now. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that, you know, he likes and appreciates my friendship is because I tell him what I think are flaws. Mm-hmm. Um like through an experience of ordering or whatever it is because so many people just tell them you're doing great you're doing great it's good it's good it's the worst feedback you can give someone exactly hey you're doing great nothing i wouldn't change anything and then so like you want to talk to people that actually tell you things that you can improve right bounce ideas off of you when you trust their opinion and you know that they're not gonna blow smoke up your ass and <laughs> yeah i mean one of the things i look back to is i ordered a collared shirt from them mm-hmm. and then i called him after and i was like he's like well how was the experience and i was like well it came in a box and mm-hmm. amazon gives me boxes all the time and boxes are always tough to get rid of mm-hmm. why don't you ship them out in like plastic ziplocs yeah kind of like, like what Lulu, amazon is doing like, now yeah like amazon yeah, is doing Lulu, now or yeah. lemon yeah and he was like, you're right, I should do that. And then that's like cool. a month later, they started doing that. I Now that you say that, I'm like, <laughs> when a box comes like, to our small house, thing, I'm but just like, like, he made the change and he was like, yeah, that's probably true. I bet you're not the only one thinking that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I feel like that's, I mean, now that I think about it, I hate getting boxes that I have I to know. break down or like yeah. that my wife will just leave like <laughs> for you to throw away. Yes. I, know. I love you, Sarah. Yeah. If you're listening, when you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, the boxes, I mean, that's a simple thing where it's like, hey, you can throw away the plastic or whatever. Yeah, and it doesn't take away thing. a crazy amount of garbage space. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's I feel like I'm still trying to get rid of cardboard from Same. the you wedding. Saw when you walked in. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like I have piles of cardboard and I have this tiny little recycling bin and I like They come once every two weeks. Right. 
Yeah. They need to come every week. They and garbage can come every two weeks. But I know that that really that's another off. conversation. Gotta get those two. I'm, I'm gonna be city council or something. Let me call the mayor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, dude. It was no, a, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, better we're than signing tomorrow. And we're signing tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I'll make it over for the sweat sesh. Tof will be here. Um, Topher's friend, I think, is coming. Which one? I don't know. I didn't ask. Drew. Uh, I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. Uh, Stamen's coming, and I think Paulson's coming. Okay. So no kidding. Little insider information. There you for go. You. Love it. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever gotten a heads say, up of who's coming. Yeah. Except for when Tope. Yeah. yeah. Topher will text me. And You're I going tonight. Yeah. I don't want people to ask who's coming because it doesn't matter who's there. That's cool. Right. I've always wondered, like, and like if someone asks to bring a friend, I don't ask who it is. I just say yes. There's room. Okay. Yeah. Bring them. Well, yeah. I've thought about bringing my wife and she's like i don't oh, want to go more than welcome. guys so maybe i'll ask you yeah. then and maybe it'll be your it'll be amy and your neighbors and, yeah and, yeah yeah angela comes yeah. over yeah at least luke and angela come over once a week so there's yeah. right girls amy goes in every <laughs> once in a while now it's tougher with yeah being pregnant because mm-hmm. she wants to stay within a certain heat range mm-hmm um, but I know Clark has shown interest, so extend the invite to her. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be guys. How often? That's just you, who I talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not hanging out with a lot of females no. other than your wife, yeah. man. <laughs> and there is another girl. Carissa's been over. Mm-hmm. Um, her friend Mackenzie Nelson has been over. Um, so there. Do have you have like set there. groups of people for like certain nights of the week? Because I know. No, you, usually I just honestly. Do you do it one night a week? Do you cap it at that with other people? No. Or do you have two? No. Well, I sweat probably kind of three or that. four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it's really, and this probably, I mean, it, in the simplest way, it's usually who's at the top of my text string. I just yeah. go down. And the <laughs> sweat first, tonight. You coming? Yeah. First eight people or whatever. And then um, if I get a no, then I'll go down and do the next person Man. and the next person. And so the next I gotta person. start texting so. you more. Just for yeah, that. well, I'll get you, <laughs> just I always I always get down to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just had a couple of weeks where you were doing the dog thing. Yep, and the dog class. It was we did have a little classes. bit of a rhythm where it was Thursdays. a couple months. Was it? I, I think we were on Mondays. a good we were on a good Thursday schedule where we probably did three or four in a row, uh, and then. You switched to Monday on me, and I was like, come on, Mitch. <laughs> you switching to Mondays. Can't be doing that, man. <laughs> but, yeah, you're, I mean, you're welcome whenever. And, honestly, text me if you want a sauna. Yeah. And, like, I'll probably be like, yeah, I do want a sauna. Nice. Because I'll do it as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good to know. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I guess if you don't subscribe, you would – Maybe that'd be cool if you did that. <laughs> if you liked it, if you shared it with some friends, um, that would be cool as well. Um, I'm going to not be passive aggressive and, and say, or don't, because that's what I've done in the past. <laughs> I want you to follow, like, yeah. subscribe, comment, do the whole deal. It helps push this. Um, but yeah, 2024, doing some cool things. Stay tuned. Absolutely. Take me to my uh, happy place oh. where the rain don't pour. I don't want to feel this in my brain no more Every day gets harder than the day before But still I keep on smiling till my face gets sore In my happy place Take me to my happy place Take me to my happy place
now I'm in my happy place. Alright, look. Yeah, yeah, at a pool party, not in the pool, spend all day on that ass pig. But it ain't right to call you trash, and the reason is cause you plastic. Post it with my shirt on, ain't developed my abs yet, but a nice body don't matter. My personality is my asset, we good. Caught up in it, thinking, damn, I wanna stay home. Behaving the way I wanna in my room, naked alone. And if you see us on the internet, you thought that it was blown out. Really, we just sat down with our phones out. So take me to my happy place where the rain don't. Yeah. I don't wanna feel this in my brain no more what? Every day gets harder than the day before yeah. But still I keep on smiling till my face gets sore In my happy place Your bank account is just telling me about your dick size We don't care about what you do, don't care about who you know The moment you put on a show is when we show you to the dojo I felt so low, never wanted to be so low Learn how to be happy by myself, now I get FOMO No more, so don't let quick fame entice you Maybe quit playing like it's high school Focus on who loves you, not who likes you It'll be alright, boo, trust that Had a bad day and you know I had to shake it Put a filter on it so they don't know that I'm faking it's hard to love and it's easy to keep hating But now I'm stunned on you cause I'm in my happy place In my happy place where the rain don't pour I don't wanna feel this in my brain no more Every day gets harder than the day before But still I keep on smiling till my face gets 